0: And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Welcome to episode 22 of Down on the Docks. Uh, My name is Chris Neff. I'm joined, as always, by Dave Dovetail Joint, Sarah.
1: (laughs) Which which one's
0: the dovetail? You don't know what a dovetail joint is? Fuck, I don't remember the type. You've never listened to the Beatles, have you? Not a big Beatles fan. Looking through a glass onion. <laughs> okay. Trying to roll a dovetail joint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look. At- okay. Anyway, it's a joint that the you roll. At the end of it, it has a little tail like a dove. Uh huh. And back in the '60s, if you knew how to roll a dovetail joint, yeah, you were cool. You're right. Yeah, they didn't use the fucking zigzag fucking roller machine. Yeah, I use the machine.
1: I'm yeah. a, I'm a f- cuck. That's fucking stupid. I'm a joint. Put cuck. some
0: artistic, you know craft into your joint role i
1: will try next time anyway uh
0: we're back it's a new year dave yes it is um new year new docs new year new docs um you know if you're just discovering the podcast we release once a week every wednesday this show is about documentaries, and of course, I sit down and tell them to Dave, who has no interest in documentaries. None. Absolutely. I hate this, actually. But that's what makes, <laughs> that's what makes it fun.
1: The bane of my existence.
0: I want to shout out uh, one of our great listeners, Ralph Ganestine, because he said, you know, you guys might want to put a disclaimer on the top of your show that it's not G-rated, because I was in the car with my kids, <laughs> uh-huh. and... You know, uh, you, you dropped an F-bomb. So for those of you that are listening, you
1: might want to consider that. Um, you, you, go, you got something for us, today? Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, next time I say the uh, the F-word, I'll just go, what's up? <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, that's
0: don't do that to me. Okay. Because those are, I need mine. Okay. You I gotcha, need my. Gotcha. F- yes, yes, thank you. Good. But not there. Not because there. Because we were just. I'm-
1: Practicing, right. okay, got that it. was that was rough, but oh. we got through it. I All think. right,
0: so um mm-hmm. anyway, um, what helps us the most around here? You know, I used to think it was five star reviews. Mm-hmm. It's not. Oh no, what is no, it now? It's it's people that take the time to send us yeah. uh, personal notes saying yeah. you guys are on the right track. I love your show. So I want to acknowledge some of those people. uh Keaton from Instagram, he's been a huge supporter. Uh, of course, Ralph Ganestine, who we've known forever. Of course. And then Sky Marino. She's always very complimentary uh, to us. Uh, so, guys, keep those coming. It doesn't hurt if you give us a five-star review not. on Apple. And I don't know if you know this, but Spotify, you can leave reviews now.
1: Yes, you can. Go listen to it. And also, there, too, you got to listen to a couple of episodes before they let you review it. Yeah. But also, shout-out to uh, Scott Greenband. Saw him over the weekend. He says... He can't wait for the episodes to drop. So shout out to Scott. Had a great weekend with him at the comedy store. Oh, nice! Very, very fun weekend.
0: <laughs> well, with let's let's get into this because you find a documentary every once in a while that has it all. This is one of those docs. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, blood, sex, magic, and what is whatever. pretty close. What is this? Red Hot Chili Red Peppers. Ch- yeah. No, we have sex.
0: We have uh, magic. To a degree, <laughs> we've got of hand. we've got kidnapping. Oh, great! We've got uh, tra- traveling to other
1: countries. My uh, favorite napping is kidnapping. I don't. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not really into adult <laughs> napping. Or I'm a napper, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a huge napper. Uh, so this doc uh,
0: is called Tabloid. It was released in 2010. Directed by one of my favorite documentarians, Earl Morris. Um, we're going to cover a lot. My more wife
1: took my skin or what is it or right. my husband you know like a tabloid like a. Uh, oh yeah my, my husband's an alien yeah it yeah, yeah. well this it focuses on the british tabloid
0: press and it also focuses on mormonism oh now this whole thing went uh, down in the in the late 70s and uh i'm going to bring you into how they frame the documentary because it's about a woman named joyce mckinney and she starts out, and we see her in like a, a vintage, like 1970s, probably 8 millimeter film. And by the way, I'm going to have to do her voice for this. Okay. So if, if it gets to you, you just got to deal with it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try, and you know me with voices, give it my all. Right. Uh, but um, I'm going to let you be the judge if I pull this off. But of course, you'll never know because you don't watch documentaries anyway. Nope. So, so we, we open up on a woman walking through a field and reading from a book. She says, Once upon a time, there was a little princess, the most beautiful princess in all the land. Her hair was long and blonde, and her eyes were as brown as the dark waters of the river, which ran by her. But the little princess... The contrast. The the brown, muddy waters. This was her first book she was writing, just so you know. She says, But the little princess was unhappy, for she was lonely
1: someday she would
0: find her kind, handsome prince and he would sweep her up on a big white horse and he would take her away and marry her and they would live happily ever after.
1: In their trailer. This fucking trailer. (laughs) You're not
0: far off. Disney trailer. You're not far off. I love it. And then she finishes and she looks at the camera. She says, hi, I'm (laughs) Joyce McKinney. And that's from my pending book, A Very Special Love Story. All right. So we see these vintage headlines and... Figure, you know, 48-point font, the star, the crap that is that we read at the news checkout right. articles, a very special love story, love in chains. Hold on, hold on, do that you again. Got Little Miss Perfect, <laughs> the Manacled Mormon. And then titles come up, and we see tabloid. Okay? So we start with Joyce some 30 years before these vintage interviews, which were taken in approximately 1977 to 78. So um, a reporter asks her uh, in these vintage interviews, uh, first of all, were you
1: surprised to be put in prison? It's <laughs> pretty good. That's so, my Cockney. Okay, so I actually one of my friends says the best way to do an English accent yeah. is to say Michael Caine's name, uh-huh, but instead... You just say, My cocaine. How about if I just do Michael Caine? You, you ready? So, My cocaine. How about if I just do Michael My Caine? name is Michael cocaine. Here's Michael Caine. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah.
0: Good night, you princes of
1: mine, <laughs> you kings of New England. <laughs> you fucking, your teeth are protruding so oh, hard. They're doing fucking that. huge. The <laughs> Welcome to. I
0: suppose everything's fine, Master Wayne. It's pretty good. Okay. I so suppose everything's he fine. He doesn't have a Cockney accent, but I'm given a Cockney okay. accent. So, anyway. Oi, he says, first of all, were you surprised to be put in prison? <laughs> Joyce says, I really didn't feel like I'd done anything wrong. Uh-oh. I still don't feel anything wrong. Um, I'd never do anything to hurt Kirk Anderson or slander him. In fact, my book is handled in very tender, nice fashion. It's not a porno story like these crazy newspapers have tried to make it. It's a love story. You know what I mean? I'd never do anything to hurt him. Or cause him any harm at all. And the way they threw me in prison? Uh, mm. And tried to act like I was some sort of criminal? <laughs> Ain't that weird, y'all? <laughs> well, she's from the South. yeah. And present this image was really what got me. So we meet Joyce when this film was made, 2010. So I ran the math. She's like 61 at the time. Okay, The events occurred in the late 70s. Yeah. She was like in her 20s. Okay, So now she's still attractive extremely bubbly personality. She kind of reminded me of And like, no
1: longer in prison now. No, she's out of the joint. Okay. She's been, she yeah. served her time. Yes. Like OJ. Yes. She's welcome <laughs> back to society on Twitter and everything. She's kind of portly though. Now like fat, <laughs> I don't want to say fat she's, larger. She's, 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 old, she's, she's in her sixties. I mean, but fuck. she
0: looks like kind of like Nina Hartley. You know who that is?
1: Yes. The you porn know? star. Yeah. Yeah. She still does porn. Not Joyce. Yeah. But Nina Hartley. Know. Nina Hartley. That's right. I think I've, Busted mm-hmm. a nut to her recently, buddy. If you haven't, you haven't lived. Mm-hmm. Legend. I think she's going Queen uh, of the Scream. She's been going Black Toronto recently. I feel like.
0: Uh, okay, I don't need to even know if we go that far. By the way, in Boogie Nights, <laughs> there, there, she was in Boogie Nights. Never watched it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Remember when they're like all hanging out and little Bill? No, oh, I didn't okay. watch it. <laughs> they're
2: all, okay, forget <laughs> it.
0: Well, for those of you that have seen Boogie Nights, she was the one when they're all outside. And little Bill walks out and says, "Your uh, your you're dicks and my wife." Oh and, yeah, that, actually, I've seen that and, like, scene. Like the actually. parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, and yeah. She's
1: like, oh, "Bill, <laughs> I know, yeah." No, I've actually seen that <laughs> she's scene. She's like, "It's Tuesday. I'm supposed <laughs> to take two.
0: <laughs> so anyway, Joyce says, "My life started out in small town in North Carolina. I was one of these girls who was going to meet you know an all American type and get married and have a little leave it to Beaver house with a white picket fence and have just a great little life." I started dating very late in life. Didn't start dating uh, until I was 17. Was an accelerated program for kids with high IQ. Now, Morris is going to interject in the film off camera. So he does here and he says, how high was your IQ? She says, 168.
1: Bullshit. Uh-huh, By the way, clearly. Yeah. all I can think about, did Leave it to Beaver or even have a white picket fence? Fuck yeah, they did. It's in hmm. the opening shot, bro. Okay. He's walking out of it to go fishing. Not, this. I think Ward's on his
0: way out to go to work. Hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. you can fact check us on yeah, that. We'll check. I'd say there's a white pick. Fact check her. Not, not
1: fact check her, not us. By the All
0: way, right. I did some work mm-hmm. on uh, IQ tests. Okay, there's like six, seven. Yeah, different 168's ones. fucking retardedly right, high. Right. So, but the the big thing I notice is if you get over one thirty, you're in the genius category. Yeah. And there's no way this woman has a one sixty-eight IQ. No. You need to um, know,
1: like, in order to really have that, you need to have, like, genius level math and engineering skills. Yeah. Like, it's just hands down how you how it has to be.
0: Right. But the interesting thing is they still use the term idiot and moron and <laughs> retard wow. in these things. And, you know, everybody uh, says you can't say retard anymore. Maybe back in the 70s. They no, no, no. They still do. Apparently, clinically, yes, it's still okay to use the word yeah. retard yeah. on these things. You know, scoring charge. And and in the streets. <laughs> yes. I'll be honest. When, when, it re, when it's required, when you it's drop required, the R-word. Yeah, you do. Anyway, she says, I hadn't been out in the world much till I went to Utah. You know, I hadn't been around much. But Morris is like, well, but memory attracted to you. And she goes, well, I guess so. I don't know. I'm not that vain, but I wasn't looking for just any guy. I want a special guy. I want a
1: special guy, and he had to have certain qualities. There's plenty of guys out there, but I want a special guy. Yeah, he needs leadership qualities. Um, what other uh, qualities of a cult leader? Oh, you. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, she's looking for a cult leader. She's type. Well, maybe S- security. You're gonna find
0: out. Okay. She says, "Well, at this point, we learn that Joyce claims that she was a former ex-beauty queen." Okay. Okay. So she says she met a professor that wanted to introduce her to some clean-cut young men that didn't drink or smoke. She does, and then she quickly discovers they're Mormons. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. One thing I want to preface before we get into the Mormon stuff, Mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff uh, was in the 70s, and a lot of people didn't know about Mormonism, especially uh, the British. Oh, okay. Which I did not know when discovering this. So It's
1: fairly new. Yeah, I mean, religion.
0: It's, it was started in the 19th century, you yeah, know, by, yeah. you know, Joseph jo- Smith. Yeah. so uh, Joseph Smith? Yeah. Okay, Joseph I'm, Smith. I'm, uh, I want to say originally Illinois or whatever, mm-hmm. Nauvoo, I forget. Mm-hmm. I, I needed to brush up on my Mormonism because I was raised, well, I wasn't raised, but my mother was
1: raised Mormon and ah. I had a lot of Mormon family members. Oh, okay. Uh, I was not, though. I had so, a lot of uh, Mormon friends growing up. A bunch of them were big into wrestling.
0: Hey, like
1: uh, collegiate-style wrestling. Uh, they're great people. Always been super welcoming, very nice families, everything. Yeah. So anyway, Joyce says, they didn't tell me what Mormonism was all about.
0: They didn't say, we're a group that believes that Jesus was a polygamist and he married was married to Mary Magdalene. <laughs> they didn't say, we believe that God lives on a star named Kolob. <laughs> Do you know that, by the way? Uh uh-uh, That yeah. sounds like an Armenian name, Kolob. No, it's Kolob. God lives Kolob. on the star called Kolob. He never. didn't say we believed that black people were cursed by with the mark Cain. Okay, I never heard of that one. Neither did I. They made me think they were a church. They made me think that they were family oriented. And so I was drawn to them. I was a young 19-year-old teenager like a moth to a flame.
1: What? <laughs> moth to a flame. What is that? She's drawn to them like a moth to a flame. <laughs> oh, moth to <laughs> yeah, a flame. That's how she talks Yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I think you're talking about a m- Anyway, it's not important. Okay. Did you ever hear that Norm MacDonald joke about the moth? No. It's an epic one. We won't get into it now, but it's funny. Did you ever hear about that uh, uh, show called The Moth? Um, it's like uh, a spoken word thing.
0: It's very popular. It's like you tell stories and you go on The Moth. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's fascinating. That sounds ever, familiar also. Yeah, you should actually. check it out. There's some great moths out there. Yeah. Anyway, Joyce Continuous. I was hey, just so. Hey, the, was, light, the light was on. Yeah. <laughs> I was just so happy to go to this place where I thought that I'd have my pick of just all American friends, people, husband material, I guess. Anyway, I had a Corvette. I had this old Mm. English
1: sheepdog that loved to ride in the Corvette. Favorite dog, old English sheepdog. Really? I would really love to have one, but I feel bad having it in Southern California. I'm a Corgi guy. Anyway, she says he'd love to ride in that Corvette. Mm -hmm. I had a good friend
0: named Marilyn Clark. There wasn't anything Marilyn didn't do. Smoke, drink, have sex with Hell's Angels. <laughs> I mean, she was a wild child. <laughs> That's very specific. Yeah, she was a wild child. Oh, I
1: heard that motorcycle coming from a mile away. <laughs> and my I just panties started to <laughs> Yeah, my panties were getting wet. Well, anyway,
0: she used to call me holier than now McKinney, because I was so straight. No, because we... she's
1: she getting banged in
0: her holes. <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry. We continue your <laughs> story. We cruised the pizza parlor. We decided to cruise down by Frosty's Ice Cream. And I noticed this really handsome guy driving alongside me in a Corvette. And he looks like, you know, he's watching me. And I thought, whoa, he's cute. And I kept on driving. And Aaron goes, McKinney, he's following you. And I go,
1: he is. <laughs>
0: so I yes. let him chase me. Oh, see? he's quite aggressive. They like it. And he pulled up and he goes, I like your car. And I go, thanks. I like yours, too. He goes, I really like yours better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And she goes, one it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is so bad.
0: This is how she talks. Yeah. So Joyce says that when she first mer- met Kirk, it was like the movies. It was a movie moment. When the girl comes down the stairs and their eyes meet, when Juliet sees Romeo.
1: She says she he had the was most only 17. What is that? Elvis? Yeah. Okay. He was I the... just watched a documentary recently. That's why <laughs> I mentioned 17 okay. year old.
0: He, he, she says he had the most beautiful blue eyes, sexiest smile, and he always had the cleanest skin. So next we meet a gossip columnist from the Daily Express in Britain by the name of Peter Tory. Okay. Peter describes Kirk as like a very big, rather flabby, three hundred pounds. Jesus.
1: Yes. And she's she, attracted to him. Yeah. Six right. foot three. Perfect. Not
0: athletic. Big dude. N- not attractive. And he says he sort of had a shuffly walk. Oh, God. Okay. He he was the last person in the world. Now, see this? This mm-hmm. is British. She's starting to British. She's yeah, a little, little cleaner yeah. than the reporter talking. <laughs> Pretty good at that. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. And he says, you wouldn't think this would be the object of this strange sexual passion. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy shingles. Anyway, he... Um, That's Scottish. Uh, Shakshi Shingles? Shakshi Shingles. I don't do Scottish. He had uh, known Joyce in Salt Lake and she'd apparently fallen madly in love with him. Now, before long, she became completely obsessed by him. He says, I don't know what the details of their relationship was in Salt Lake City, but they obviously had some kind of romance or love affair because if one's to believe Joyce at all, he had promised her a family and children. Well, Joyce says, he actually told me he loved me the first night I met him and asked me to marry him the second night. Hmm. And the next thing I know, we're naming our kids and we're going to name them all with Jason and K's. Jace for Joyce, K's for Kirk's, Joshua, Jacob. You know, we had the names picked out. Kyle, Kirk. By the way, you ever know any family that did that? Oh, yeah. My
1: aunts. Oh, what'd she do? Alan, Andre, Angie. Assholes. Oh, yeah. I remember. Um, and then also, um, fuck. Um, yes. Michael, Mary, Mark uh matthew i remember
0: we lived by the latham and Mary.
1: and yeah i already said mary
0: and they were diana diane oh no diana dan darcy dallas and dina yeah um it's up there you know what it is it's kind of up there with that assholery factor that george foreman does with his
1: kids yes names <laughs> all his kids george yeah, yeah and then and it gives it, them a number oh it gives them a middle name different george. no not a middle name it's just george one two three four i thought. No, it's george david uh
0: Foreman, uh, George Michael right. Foreman, George give Peter Foreman. I might give that to you. It is anyway. Joy says, "A memory took me home to meet he's Mormon mother, and she's this big old,
1: huge woman. Oh, you know what? No, I'm sorry. You're you're right. He does give him the number because they're all George the first, George the second, George the third. But they're like they they go by their middle names mostly. Is what I'm trying to get at. I got but you're you. right. They give him. He does give him a number. Yeah, because it's yeah, but it's not like okay. All never mind. Right. I thought you're talking about like a fucking. Holocaust stamp. It's not. Oh like no, that. no 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 no. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't be a bad idea though, to <laughs> okay. tattoo your kids if they're all named
0: George. I I'd fucking, put a number on them. I
1: heard an amazing joke last night, which was about imagine if they're like imagine you fucking you're a tattoo artist and you got the job being the Nazi, the the like the Nazi transcriber of numbers. and You're like, can I just like put like a an eagle and a flag on yeah. this one? And they're like, no, only the numbers nine yeah. nine. Nine. So you you just you hope out there you'll see like a uh, a Holocaust number with like a little square around it with two birds holding it up. Yeah, like so things. you could like, stand out in the crowd. I yeah. can
0: stand out in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, shout out to Big J. Joyce <laughs> Joyce is meeting his uh, Mormon mother, and she says she's a big old woman, three hundred fifty pounds in a tent dress, and she looked at me with the uh, my little beauty queen figure, and her eyes went up. And she goes, she doesn't look like a Mormon to me, you know, Mm -hmm. because she's looking for those childbearing hips. Right, right, right. Well, Joyce says from this time, uh, the time she was a little girl, she was always in pageants. And it gave her a chance to develop herself to be the best person she could be with her looks, her talent, and her personality. The pageants that she was in gave her a chance to perform. So we see vintage photos of her twirling the baton. Mm, Always the fucking baton, dude. (laughs) And wearing a sash that does read Miss Wyoming World. And, uh, you know, she's like the small town girl riding in the back of the convertible in the parade. So Earl Morris asks her, so mom thought you were too sexy for him? And Joy says, I guess you thought I was too pretty or something. (laughs) Kirk and I were just ready for the big wedding and everything was happening. The only problem is I was wanting to get married in a Christian church. Uh. And he was getting pressure from the other side. So one day he vanished into thin air. I don't mean he left me. I don't mean he abandoned me. I don't mean he left me for another woman. I mean he
1: evaporated into Whoa. thin air. Oh boy. He wasn't the kind of person just run off like that. So like he everything was okay. Continue? Yeah. He thinks <laughs> okay.
0: his things were still in my place. You know, it's just weird. I did what any American girl would do if her fiance vanished into thin air. I looked for him. I went to LA.
1: Cars there, everything.
0: Everything it vanished in the thin air. <laughs>
1: okay, okay.
0: She says, I went to L.A. I worked three jobs. I went to L.A.? Yeah. Looking for him? Yeah. Sounds like bullshit. I thought so too. Okay. But she says, I went there and worked up three jobs and saved enough money to pay a private investigator to find out what happened to him. Well, the private investigator found, found him in England, and she finds out that the Mormons have him. What? Yeah. Like, they took him, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> they abducted him that's all that she knows oh, shit, all right man. so next they uh they we meet in the film a gay activist and former missionary named troy williams he's kind of like the mormon expert on this
1: one might say he's a
0: <laughs> okay i don't know about that okay anyway troy says uh all young men in the church from the time that were young boys were indoctrinated to prepare to go on a mission okay And we sing songs like, I hope they all call me on a mission. I hope they all call me on a mission. Anyway, he says, you leave as a boy, you come back as a man. For Kirk, when he reaches the age of 19, he doesn't get whisked away from Joyce. He's just fulfilling his religious spiritual responsibilities. So Joyce thinks he got disappeared and taken to anyone. Yeah, yeah he, No, Kirk's on a mission. Yeah. This is the part of the formal process. You a do your two years. A mission from God.
1: Yeah, but you do your two years. Right, right. Yes. The, um, the Yes. So two of my friends that I was in drumline with in high school, they're brothers, a couple years apart. Literally, they b- both did their missions in Argentina. Yeah. One did it two years before the other. Yeah. So they didn't. They never saw each- they saw each other for one month in four years, mm-hmm. but uh, when he went down there in Argentina, the older brother, um, he left a bunch of stuff for him and a bunch of like yeah. Whatever, so w- little-
0: if you're ever out driving around yeah, I mean, and you see black yeah, yeah. pants,
1: white short
0: shirts mm-hmm. and the tie a, on the bicycles t- on the bike and a tie and a name tag that says elder stevens or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. that's a Mormon missionary yep, yep just yep. so you know very nice people they're very nice it
1: sucks when you're like you're from like Chubbuck Idaho and you're uh, going, going you know about missionary? Chubbuck Idaho yeah this it's from uh, yes my brother that used to be Willacoochee Georgia and Chubbuck Idaho were the two like of like when you're trying to say a middle of nowhere place, yeah. you, you B- is F- bigger Chubbuck uh, Idaho. Chubbock, Idaho. uh <laughs> and uh Willicucci, Georgia. But um <laughs> but uh um, they uh you know you from there and you're like, Oh well you get to go to fucking San Bernardino, California yeah. to do your mission. Some yeah. people get to go to like Argentina and yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, mm. Kirk went to England. Not bad. Okay, well Joyce said But like you would think for somebody that you would want to marry that you might tell them that you're going on a mission. Well, that's what we're, she's trying to discover. She's like scorned woman.
0: Yeah, So they're married at this time? No.
1: Oh, they're not married yet. No, okay, okay, they were okay, engaged. Okay okay. So, okay,
0: okay, okay, okay. So, well, let me back up a little bit. Peter, um, who is this... Paul and Harry? No, Peter's one of the Mary. English reporters. He says Joyce knew where he'd gone and set up a plan with her strange, unexplained friend, Keith May. To come over to the UK. So Joy says, I had a really good friend from Torrance, California. He's an architect. Mm-hmm. His name is Keith Joseph May. Everybody Lovely called place, Torrance. Everybody called him KJ. He was like my big brother. And he said to me, I don't want you going over to England by yourself. And you don't know what they're going to do to you. All I knew is a powerful group had done something to the man I love. Mm-hmm. So she ends up getting two bodyguards to escort her to England. Yeah, one. come on. This
1: all sounds very odd. Of course it does. That's why it's down 70, on the dogs In the 70s? I mean, what the fuck, man? Go on. So, so she, one of the guys is a big
0: bodybuilder that she found at Gold's Gym. Cool. The other was a pilot. So um, they show that uh, Joyce had put out an ad in a local newspaper, um, the LA Free Press. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was searching for a bodyguard. And it reads, free trip to Europe. Big adventurous dude wanted must be white male over six, two, yeah. and at least 210 pounds seeking a Rocky or Mr. Atlas type
1: prefer bodybuilder or musician, all expenses paid. Or musician. I know I didn't get that either. I was like, what? She's like, well, if I can't find somebody big, I might as well find somebody who good, can- <laughs> good looking and who can talk music to these fucking blokes. <laughs> or who could play the flute when yeah. I'm serenading or him on a like balcony. That, sure.
0: Anyway, all expenses paid if you help a lovely fox fulfill a unique romantic sexual fantasy as part of her wedding party. Uh Must be available August and September. Serious replies only. Leave a message for Heidi K. So next we meet fixed-wing
1: pilot Jackson Shaw. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why they introduced him as a fixed-wing pilot. Well, maybe it takes different... Characteristics and abilities to fly that plane. You probably need a certain type of license. I to thought all fly planes
0: fixed. had fixed wings.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, it's not. Um, I think he's like flying a Harrier. I think fixed wing is the type where the like those old nineteen forties, fifties style where Light the top, planes where the top is like connected. It's hard, it's hard to. I don't. I can't explain it.
0: Somebody tell us what a fixed wing plane is around yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, write a wing. review. Yep. Tell us how retarded we are. Yep. And then, well, anyway, Jackson. Um, he recalls that at the time he was interested in something a little bit more exciting than what he was doing. And he saw an ad in the local newspaper. Um, The ad was looking for a pilot that would fly short trips in England. And he said it sounded kind of interesting. So he called the number and a gentleman answered. and, And an appointment was made for the following week. He says, I was expecting to go to an office or something, but it turned out to be an apartment building. I was taken in by a gentleman by the name of Keith. And after I was there for a few minutes, Joyce came out. And Morris says, Tell us about this first meeting. And he says, Well, I was favorably impressed. She had a totally see through blouse on. I could even remember the color <laughs> see through. <laughs> the skin color. Well, it was light brown. Okay. Totally see through. No bra. She was very, very easy to talk to. At one point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at one point not in her eyes though, somehow. At one point she came over and sat down next to me. I was trying to perceive what type of relationship existed between Keith and her at this point. Keep in mind it's 70s. Yeah. Perhaps maybe down the
1: line. Giant muffs. I might want to <laughs> ask this girl out for dinner well wasn't there some kind of innuendo sexual proclivity is included in the in whatever notice that they put out in the newspaper no I mean, it said something about fulfilling my sexual fantasy well but it yeah kind but of vague about yeah, what it but, was about but the job description
0: was rocky mr atlas type yeah. bodybuilder a musician yeah. it wasn't like join in on the fuck fest well i mean uh, it's, but but it doesn't not say that correct so he says you know I'm trying to perceive the relationship between Keith and her because he says perhaps maybe down the line I might want to ask this girl out for mm-hmm. dinner or something. Or this who guy wa- out. Who wouldn't want to ask a girl out if she opened the door? S- yeah, with a naked. Sure. He says Joyce had a trunk that she brought out. I and- bet
1: she did. <laughs>
0: and in it were both Boom. Pictures, tablets, letters from a private investigator in England. She then unraveled uh, unraveled a story that was just unreal. <laughs> Joyce had hired bodyguards from Gold's Gym. She's going to put them up while we are in England,
1: and they were going to liberate her fiancé from this cult. Oh, hunt. my gosh. This sounds like a smash-and-grab job. Totally. But real quick, yeah. at this point, do we know how she makes money? How no. she came into We haven't found no. any of that out yet. Okay. No. And same thing for the dude. And
0: he's going to ask that question right here. He <laughs> says, in the back of my mind, I'm trying to figure out how she could have all this money to take all these people to England. She told me she was a model. He was like, I didn't realize models made that kind of money. So Joyce says, we actually hired some guys to go with us from Los Angeles in case we were attacked or anything. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if they would release him willingly. I didn't know if they would do something to hurt me. I didn't know. Well, Jackson says, Joyce called me and wanted to know if I would fly her someplace in
1: an airplane locally for dinner. And then one more question. At yeah. this point, what's the, the guy's name that's in England now, in London or wherever? Oh, Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. Has Kirk spoken to Joyce? Oh God, no. He hasn't. He doesn't know anything's going on. Oh God. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so he's there with his little fucking suit. Yeah, he's going going door to door, door, ding the bell on his bicycle. Like I'd like to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Actually, the Latter Day
0: Saints. Yeah. I mean, it is Jesus. So anyway,
1: Latter Day Saints. <laughs> I can't do it.
0: Right? So anyway, okay. Joyce wants to take him on a, or go on a local flying trip. And he said, Well, that sounded pretty good. I thought it might possibly be an overnight trip or something. And I was more than up for that. <laughs> you can tell he's a puss hound. Yeah. Okay, Jackson. Yeah. So Jackson says, but He's a big dude, obviously. No, he's just he's the pilot.
1: Oh, yeah, that's he's right, not that's the right. bodyguard.
0: No, my bad, my bad, my bad. Okay. So when Jackson hmm. says when Joyce showed up, much to su-
1: his surprise. Keith was with her. That must have been shady shit back then in the seventies and eighties. You're like charter a fucking plane and a pilot to take you to London and shit. No, that's no, they sketchy. weren't. Do, they
0: weren't flying to London.
1: Oh, they they wanted the pilot to be
0: once they got to England to fly like puddle jumping. flights.
1: Ah, that's even more sketchy. Correct. <laughs>
0: so the point is, Jackson shows up and he thinks he's going to go on a little flight with Joyce and maybe get a little trim trim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then KJ the cock blocker's there. Mm-hmm. So Jackson says, "I felt you know." I, at this time, I was trying to make a determination of how real she was and her financial ability. So he rented the most expensive airplane he could find. It was a single-engine Beechcraft A36 Bonanza. And he says when you're in, in, in an airplane like that, you have to give them a credit card, and they lock in the approximate amount it's going to be. Well, Joyce didn't have a credit card, but he did. Uh, she did bring an envelope that was just full $100 bills. Okay. So, you know, he says, that brought me a little closer to realizing maybe she has the money to do what she wants. Anyway, they flew down to San Diego, had dinner and flew back. And Morris says, did you stay the night? And he goes, no, 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 no. Keith was with her. And uh, that's with three people. Uh, I don't, that's not for me. Right.
1: he's not a statue of literature kind of guy. Yeah. Or oh, what do they call it? No, no, no. E- Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower. Excuse Eiffel me. Tower. Give me a high five. Yeah, baby. And Morris says, I take it you were attracted to Joyce.
0: And he says, well, yeah. She was in her late 20s, an outstanding figure, had a southern accent, Half long naked. blonde hair. Yeah. Any, any, any. muddy
1: eyes? <laughs> Who would have loved? <laughs> Shit colored mud eyes. Any heterosexual
0: male would have been attracted to Joyce. And here's the thing we see the pictures of Joyce, and he ain't lying. She's a looker mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. So Jackson says prior to our departure, um, they wanted me to meet the bodyguard. His name was Gil. So they they go to a beach and then he realizes it's a nude beach. And he says, "Well, I've never been to a nude beach, so that really slowed me down a little bit." Mm. And he said, "Joyce spread out a blanket and proceeded to take her clothes off very quickly. Three or four guys showed up around the blanket and started taking pictures." What? Yeah, he Th- says, yeah,
1: "That's you're breaking nude beach I protocol, agree.
0: dude." I agree. The fuck?
1: Well, somebody snuck in a few cameras. Fucking. Pussies. I don't know where they came from. Ruin it for the rest of us. People like that that are gonna ruin naked roast too one year. Some naked year. roasts? Yeah. That's N- where we're headed in comedy. You've never seen it, dude. No. I went last year at Skangfest. It's uh, one of the greatest I times. Don't wa- I don't want to know about it. People coming naked out roast. with mouse traps on their cocks.
0: Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So Joyce protested to these photographers and said stop and claimed she was a model and she didn't want photographs taken of her. Well, after about 15 minutes, (laughs) Joyce put on her clothes and we left the beach. This is according to Jackson. So then Joyce, Keith May, Gil, the bodyguard, and Jackson, they all meet up at LAX and they fly off to England. Now, keep in mind, they're flying commercially. They're not in a little plane. Uh, That's going to be Jackson's job once he gets over there. So Jackson says, first off, Gil Parker had a problem when he went through customs They asked him what his occupation was, and he told them he was a bodyguard. And the customs people were like, for who? And he said, for Joyce and Keith. And he says, well, that put up a red flag at customs, and they pulled him out. What? Yeah, that scared Gil right there. Then on the second day, we were in a motel room, and Joyce had a lot of baggage. He says, I'd never seen anybody travel
1: with so many bags. And they Well, I can see that raising a red flag, especially if you're flying private. Yes, no, commercial. They were oh, my flying bad. commercial. Okay, sorry about that. So anyway. Obviously, if they're going through. Got it, got it, got it.
0: Well, they take out the luggage and he sees wireless microphones and listening devices. Mm. And he says, I wasn't sure what they were going to use it for. It was something you could probably have just carried through customs, but they had it inside hidden inside of a portable radio.
1: Well, oh, like they're trying to sneak it Yeah.
0: In. Well, Gil saw this and he said, I'm out. Wow. Yeah. So they lose Gil, the bodyguard from Gold's, day wow. one.
1: So, and they're now in England. Yeah. And he's just like, peace. Can like, he make any money? He's, who knows? But he wow. was like, I'm
0: not getting involved with this crazy shit.
1: And then he just bounced. See ya. I'm going to go get some fucking uh, big fat British titty hey, more, snatch. No, he went back to Venice. Some, more more some plates, fun. more what, yeah.
0: more dates. He's yeah. got his...
1: <laughs> uh, Not marmalade. What's the other thing that they eat there? Um... Marmalade? No, 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 no. The other thing, Marmite, Marmite, or no? You're thinking Vegemite? Vegemite. That's in Australia. But then they have a version of it in. They call English preserves. Yeah. Okay. okay. There's, there's that version
0: of it in England. Anyway, Jackson continues. The private investigator that they had in England had told Joyce two or three different places where Kirk was at. And Keith was going to go to some of those places where this cult group was supposed mm-hmm. to be, ask questions, and it would be transmitted out to Joyce in the car wirelessly. Well, Joyce had this wig. She called the wig Matilda.
1: This is crazy. <laughs> this is like zero to 60 so fast. That's how we do it, buddy. So fast, man. You never, you didn't ever know a, a woman that wore a wig and it's, named their wig? No, no. just the, the idea of like the 70s, like yeah. the late 70s. Going to England with all this spy equipment, she wants her man, and um, just like you know, maybe they saw too many episodes of Mission
0: Impossible or the Avengers. I mean, we don't maybe. know.
1: The Avengers, yeah, it was an old they, show. They actually had a
0: show called The Avengers back oh, in Oh, yeah, day? what was it about? It was like uh, about the Avengers, <laughs> really about like the comic book heroes, the Avengers. <laughs> no, it's different. Okay. Um, uh, they actually made a movie about it in like I want to say the late 90s. Ray Fiennes was in it. Oh. Um, yeah, look it up. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's a popular television show. Mm. I want to say probably in the late 60s. But is early it superheroes related? No, it's Avengers shit.
1: No, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Like, no, no. No, no, totally. It's not different. Re- totally okay, it's not different. related to Marvel. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. okay. By the way, I've never seen an Avengers movie. I, so only I did, don't know. I only did till recently, and I yeah. could do without him. Yeah. I could care less about action movies. Anyway. <laughs> except for Star Wars.
0: Anyway, of course, Star, Star Wars is, is the king. Yeah. Anyway, Jackson says she'd wear this strange wig, and we'd go out driving. And anytime we'd go near one of the churches where they were trying to find out if Kirk was going inside or was one that she he frequented, she'd wear that wig. We were across in front of a building, and out come two young men dressed in suits and white shirts and ties. Ding ding ding. We've got mm-hmm. some elders inside here. Right. And she told me that's Kirk. Well, I was totally surprised. This was He no- looked great. He looked like <laughs> he like lost fifty pounds. This was nobody being held captive and that's when Joyce leveled with me. Yeah. She showed me a bottle of chloroform. And are all- you kidding <laughs> <No>. me, dude? <laughs> Holy shit. And I'd already seen this phony gun they had. How do they get that? Who knows. Well, guess what? Right. Jackson taps out. He's like yeah. fuck this. Jesus, you weirdos dude. are on, you're out. Well, Peter, he's the the guy from the Express. I might start doing his accent here. He says, uh, she arrives with Keith May, looks around, waits around outside a temple of the Latter-day Saints, and waited for this huge shuffling figure to come out with his Mormon haircut. It's big fucking dope. And pointed a gun at him and said, get into a car. Yeah. Well, they had called ahead to the church and made contact with Kurth, and Keith had pretended he wanted to convert to Mormonism. Oh, so that was Keith. their in. Oh,
1: okay, okay, Keith. Got yes, it. Got KJ. KJ.
0: Keith, KJ, same guy. Yeah, so yeah. Morris says, so you drive up in your rental car with KJ? And Joyce says, I waited, and KJ went in, because they're not supposed to be in the room alone with girls. KJ went mm-hmm. in and said, Joyce is in the car. And Kirk turned around, and he threw the keys to the companion and said, I got to go out and get something, I'll be right back. Well, he got into the car, and he goes, How long have you been in England? This is Joyce making fun of Kirk's mm-hmm. robot voice. Yeah. She says he had a robot voice, almost speaking like monotone. And he goes, they said you didn't love me anymore. Oh, yeah. It was like he had a personality alteration. Kirk number one, Kirk number two. Kirk number one was the one I fell in love with. Kirk number two was at a
1: cult. He was yeah. coal
0: Kirk. <laughs> cult Kirk. Well, according to PETA, he, uh, he's driven 250 miles to a cottage in Devon and she had a suitcase full of all the equipment required, including some LAPD Smith & Wesson handcuffs. He was taken in and chained to, Joyce claims it was ropes, not chains, but chains sounds way better. Anyway, he was allegedly (laughs) chained. He's a reporter. (laughs) He 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 was was chained to the wall. He's chained to a bed. First by his ankle, so he could actually reach the toilet. subsequently went to help of Keith May and he was spread eagle this is a big point to them yeah. they love this spread eagle shit which is a wonderful bondage word <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm fucking it up I'm going cockney I'm going straight British okay, okay. dumb Americans don't know the difference he was
0: spread eagle to the bed and Keith May discreetly left the room closed the door behind him and Joel had sex with him mm. and she said to him he was going to have sex with him until she found she missed a period. And then hopefully get pregnant by him. So Morris says, she wanted to be inseminated? Peter says, yeah, I think that's a plot for it. <laughs> so this is, by the way, this is before people even knew what turkey basting was. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're getting
1: into uh, some uh, realm that I enjoy frequenting okay. on the porn sites.
0: Well, Joyce says, Kirk and I... Impregnation. <laughs> she says, Kirk and I went to this cottage down in England. Well, I think they called it the Devon area down there. Real Mm. Franco Zeffirelli. You know, like Brother Son, Sister Moon type shots. That's a film, by the way. Mm. I never heard of it. Uh, If you haven't seen it, it's a 1972 biopic of St. Francis of Assisi. So wait, do you say biopic or biopic? I say biopic.
1: Okay. I never know. Well, the
0: British would say biopic. (laughs) Biopic. 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 According to the director, Zeffirelli, this is interesting. The Beatles were going to originally appear in the film hmm. in the four main roles but they dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Yeah, little, it's always the scheduling conflict. Beetle trivia for you there. Always
1: it, the scheduling conflict.
0: So, Morris asks her how she found the place and Joyce says, well, I was looking for something peaceful where he could normalize somewhere where he could come back to Kirk number one. <laughs> I picked fireplace, patchwork, quilt, sheets, blue to match his eyes, uh, initials monogrammed on them, and cinnamon oil Back rub because he loved my back rubs. And all his favorite foods were in the fridge. And Morris says, Whatever her favorite foods. She says, I had chocolate cake, sun-fried chicken. He loved my chicken. Mashed potatoes. I made everything he wanted. I was like his little, you know, wifey almost. We're slow dancing. He got turned on while we were dancing. I'll be blunt. He had direction, okay? <laughs> and we sat down in the bed and he said, can you give me a back rub? And I got this cinnamon oil, which I'd warmed up. <laughs> and I was giving him a back rub. And he had these ugly garments on. And I said, how am I supposed to give you a back rub with this Mormon thing on? Yeah. And the I... Sheets. know No, the Mormon underwear.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like the... the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she said,
0: the- like, I ripped off the ugly things because they smelled, you know? Aww. And they had all these occultic symbols. Oh. And I didn't want anything ugly there in our beautiful moment, you know, because it was a honeymoon cottage.
1: Hmm. And we burned them. What was it, like Baphomet or something on their <laughs> occultic I symbols? I have, I have no idea. Do but they really you, have that on there? I know they have like these jammies that they yeah, wear. Yeah, that's the Mormon underwear. But the they, wear, they have symbols on them? I
0: guess there's different brands you can what buy. Was, uh, there's designer was, Mormon underwear, I'm sure. Fucking, Gets, yeah, there's a bummer. Get some, you know, occultic symbols if you can afford it. I guess. Well, Morris says, you ripped off his magical underwear? She says, yeah, and I threw them in the
1: fireplace where they belong. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. They smell.
0: Well, Troy says, remember Troy? They smell
1: like sin. (laughs) Troy,
0: our Mormon missionary expert. Right. uh, He says, there's folk stories galore. Legends of the temple garments protecting people from harm.
2: Ah, the psych- ooh,
0: that could be
1: cool though. Yeah, they have, you're wearing like that's why it has the occultic symbols. It's like garlic to vampire and you're shit. Putting it together now. Yeah, the psychic hooks on the temple are so high
0: and so deep that even people who don't go to church anymore, they still wear them. Yeah, because in the back of their mind, they're, they're like, like well, uh, might as well, just
1: in geez. case I'm wrong.
0: They're like. Eh. Satan might get me in my sleep if I'm not wearing these things. Well, Joyce claims Kirk was impotent because
1: he'd been brainwashed. Or or, I thought he was impotent because the pajamas were keeping him from, (laughs) keeping the semen from escaping his body. Oh, because it's too tight? They do
0: say that, by the way, that you need to uh, wear loose underwear or it will reduce your sperm count. So anyway, Joyce says, he's not supposed to have sexual feelings. He's not supposed to have emotional feelings. He's not supposed to fall in love. And we were in
1: love. Is that true? What? You're not supposed to fall in love? Well, that's what the Mormons had told him. You're on mm. a mission, bro. Oh, like during the mission, yeah. you're, not supposed to, you're supposed to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she says he
0: loved me and I loved him. I knew there was only one way to get Kirk out of Mormonism, and that was to make love with him. <laughs> because for a Mormon missionary to have a love affair, it's totally taboo. They can't be in a room alone with a girl without their companion with them. So it, if it took giving up my virginity in a romantic
1: cottage, so be it. Yeah. There's no way. There's no fucking, There's way. fucking way. No fucking way. She was a way. virgin. No fucking way. So, Joyce You don't <laughs> wear see-through shit unless... Or like go naked to a fucking nude beach, allow people to take pictures of you, take Agreed. big strong men to... England. This is her story. This is her story. Without getting pounded in your pussy. She's sticking to oh, it. excuse me. Your <laughs> Okay.
0: So, Joyce says, I just wanted him to be out of that cult. Okay? We started to make love and all of a sudden he jumps up out of the bed and goes, by the law of the Holy Prophet Joseph Smith, I cannot touch my body and other people's body in unnatural ways by the love of the Holy Prophet. Hold the Book of Mormon firmly on my hand. Sing a Mormon song. Sing a Mormon song. Because he's turned on. And he's not supposed to be. I come across an ocean to find him and the Mormons were in our bedroom.
1: (laughs) Something tells me uh, nobody's been complaining about the volume of this episode. Well, Troy says that's the moment when
0: his garments are coming off. Mm -hmm. That could have been a triggering moment. Like, oh my gosh. Oh my heck, as they say in Utah. I'm doing something wrong.
1: Mm. Well, Well, even heck's a derivative of hell. I don't think they'd be using that language either. Probably not. Joyce says, I went back in the kitchen.
0: I got myself a real cold glass of water. Mm. Morris says, does he still have the erection <laughs> while he's chanting? It's <laughs> a great question, it by the way. It. She says, well, I came back in there, and I'm thinking, I'm doing something wrong. Mm. He started to cry.
1: He had ejaculated. Aw. He said,
0: please, don't tell them about this filthy place. What oh. happened at the filthy place? And I said, I don't what's wrong. He said, they'll know. I mean, every guy on the planet masturbates and has wet dreams. And I asked him, I said, honey, don't you have those dreams guys have or whatever they're called? Yeah. He goes, yeah, but I didn't tell them that in the interview. Yeah. I go, what interview, honey? They talk to you about this stuff? <laughs> he goes, yeah, once a week. They talk us into rooms by ourselves and they say M1, M2, M3, M1, M2, M3. And I go, what's that, honey? Masturbation once,
1: <laughs> masturbation
0: twice, <laughs> masturbation three times.
1: This is like Mr. Hanky,
0: So many times.
1: <laughs> the Christmas poo.
0: So many times and you're out. If you got caught masturbating, you're off your mission. Uh-oh. And you can't get married in no temple.
1: Wow, they use the three strikes and you're out, huh? Three, three strokes? Three strokes, <laughs> No yeah. joke. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: She says, Kirk, these people are controlling your sex drive. They're controlling your mind. They're controlling your food. You can't Mm. have coffee Mm. to your Pepsi Cola.
1: Yeah. No caffeine. So so (laughs) Joyce says
0: there was a Christian manual which she brought out, which explained sex to two virgins. There was a section in there on sexual impotence. Mm. And it says something like if a guy was very repressed sexually, which she claims poor Kirk was, God knows he was. That you could tie the person up and they could say, I'll let go.
1: You know, mm, I can finally let the go loophole. and make
0: love. So she says, So I went ahead and I read that section real quick. I sped read it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at that with my 168 IQ. <laughs> and I came back and I said, honey, we're gonna try out some of these exercises. So mm-hmm. we did. I like it. She's we made, trying. We made love for three days. Wow, tantric shit.
0: We sort of like didn't get out of bed. He mm-hmm. was the honeymoon. That's what I wanted.
1: Talking about smelly sheets. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Ugh. By the way, I don't sleep in wet spots. Neither do I. Here's the thing. I don't do that. Well, you know when you're like I growing. In, I, like a man, I come into a tissue or a sock. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're alone. My point is, I
0: remember when I was like in my 20s, 30s, probably up to 35, I had maybe like one pair of sheets. Do You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I guess, yeah. Once you get to two.
1: Yeah. Go out and get 12. This is a life thing, I'm telling you. Nobody needs to sleep. Changing your sheets once a week is an important thing to keeping clean.
0: Absolutely. By the way, I had
1: a woman, my eighth grade uh, Spanish teacher, Mm. changed them every day. That's sexy. That's fucking sexy. That's nuts. That's sexy. I mean, she's fucking in them every day, dude. Mrs. Jones. Squirting Uh, in them.
0: Anyway, she said, I wanted to have... Mrs. Us is I, Jones. I Mrs. Jones
1: <laughs> and me <laughs> but, squirt on each other's genitals okay. and I say, why don't we walk <laughs> around? Okay,
0: okay. thanks, Mr. August and mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm, after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she said, I want to be a good wife to Kirk. I want to give him lots of babies in my tummy. <laughs> I didn't look at sex as a bad thing. I looked at it as a melting of two souls because when he kissed me, It was like I melted into one person with him. It was like I didn't know where I stopped and
1: we began. I mean, maybe this does have some virgin energy to it. She's not a virgin, bro. Okay.
0: We were lying there holding hands. And his little missionary glasses were askew. (laughs) And he goes, well, I guess we're married in God's eyes now. And I go, yep, we are. He says, well, let's go make it official. Let's go down to London and get married. So they take a rental car to london they go to trafalgar square they're feeding the pigeons you know she says kirk there's this really cool cafe i want you to take you to it's called the hard rock
1: <laughs> <And she laughs> i mean i guess in 86
0: was that probably shit was cool 76
1: this whatever, is 78 yeah it's probably were... cool
0: back then um she says there are cops running around everywhere well what do they call them bobbies or whatever oh the yeah, british the cops yeah yeah bobbies. <laughs> she says if kirk felt kidnapped at any one time, he could have said, hey, this little pint-sized girl has been kidnapped. Can you help me, Ossifer? She drops the Ossifer oh, in there. God. Kirk says, well, I'm going to go over, across the street and get a newspaper. So he went over by himself, got a newspaper, came back to the table, slammed the newspaper down, and he's white as a ghost. <gasps> so we see the headline on the newspaper, Uh-oh. Mormon abducted
1: in Surrey. What? They're talking about him? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Joy says it was shocking. The tabloids. It was shocking. It's like Scotland Yard was after us. They were. Yeah. I'm sitting there with my, quote, kidnapped victim eating a burger with 100 people in a crowded tourist restaurant. Kirk says, well, maybe if I call them and let them, you know, let us know I'm alive and okay. And, you know, I'll just go check everything out. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, I can't tell them we had sex. They'll excommunicate me. My mother will be mad. Well, they call his mother and his dad. And, you know, Joyce's dad welcomes into the family and, you know, says we're going to get married. And dad says, welcome to the son family. Well, they call his mother. His mom's not having it. Mm. You know, she's like, you've
1: ruined Kirk's internal progression. Don't you know what you've done? So she's a Mormon? Yeah. Is the dad a Mormon? No. Ah. And thus, are they married still? Uh, the, who? his Kirk's parents have no idea. They didn't oh. even get into it. So wait, but he they called they called Kirk's parents. Kirk's Mormon mom, the one only though, the Mormon the mom. Dress, yeah, okay. and she's like freaking she's out because she's the one who brought. She's him in, literally
0: probably. asking Kirk, "Have you had sex with this woman?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they call the mission president, and you know he says, "Oh, you've been kidnapped." Well, Kirk can't even get a word in edgewise, and he's like, "I'm okay, President." Yeah, and then Kirk hangs up. And they've got Scotland Yard and the FBI after him. So he says, how about if I just go back? You guys stay here so they can't do anything like arrest you, and I'll go show them I'm okay. So Joey says she'll never forget that day because it was a real Kodak moment. Mm. I bet. <laughs> she says Kirk got on a train, mm-hmm. and she says the last thing she remembers is that Kirk, number one, got on the train and mouthed the words, I love you. Mm-hmm. And she said, I love you too, baby. And Kirk gave her the thumbs up. Mm -hmm. Well, Troy adds, if Kirk went away with Joyce willingly and had sex with her, the guilt that would have come over him would be so strong, it could have been overwhelming. Well, Joyce is in tears, and she says, KJ and I turned and walked away, and he goes, don't worry, he'll be okay. He loves you. Mm -hmm. You got the man you love. What are you worried about? I said, I don't know, KJ. Some nagging feeling I'm worried. So we went back to the cottage we packed everything up. I remember I had my wedding dress. What? And my pretty, oh, yeah. my pretty white dress I was gonna use for my wedding. Right, right. Put flowers in my hair, also our wedding bands, with our names engraved inside. It said Joyce and Kirk. Oh. He lift thee and thee lift me. Oh. And we'll ascend together. Even after we grow old and died, we would rise into the heavens together as man and wife. Well, Problem is, this starts going mainstream. Okay. Hits the newspapers. Hits the television. We hear a news reporter. This bizarre story began last Wednesday. Kirk Anderson, a young Mormon missionary, was talking outside to a man with a Canadian accent. He then disappeared. He, early today, phoned police and told him he was kidnapped. A blanket had been placed over his head. Hmm. He'd been driven to a house where he'd been blindfolded and his legs shackled. Oh, well, remember old Puss Sound Jackson, the oh, yeah. one that couldn't get laid back in America? Yep. He goes back to America. Uh, England? Oh, no, back to America. Yeah, he lived in Long Beach. Yeah, yeah. So he goes back to Longble- Long Beach, Long Beach uh, gets a call from the landlady, and uh, Long Beach Homicide wants to interview him. So he goes down to the police station. Uh-huh. And he said that really freaked him out. Ugh. He says, I told him everything I knew. We went down to it and had a cup of coffee. They asked me to come back and tell my same story again later. They're trying to match up the the story to see if he was lying or not. But what, what homicide story? This is the L.A. Uh, Long Beach homicide department. But why? Because they somebody got a hold of him trying to figure out what was going on. But no murder. No murder has been, murder occurred, has been occurred. occurred. Okay. Okay. All right, Weird. Well, at this point, the fucking press is calling this case the manacled Mormon. Whoa. Now you have to understand from what I read. The British press did not, not not just British press, British people, they did not understand Mormonism at all. Right. It was kind of a new thing to them. Yeah. So they ran with the headline. So Troy, remember our friend Troy? Yep. He says he was actually a Mormon missionary in Exeter. And he said, I was at a church member's house. There were a younger couple, and they sort of sat us down and told us the whole story of Joyce McKinney and the Manacle Mormon. Right. It reminds me of those cultures that have stories of the, Vagina hmm. dentata. Yeah. The woman with the tooth vagina. <laughs> vagina dentata. Yes.
1: The woman with the tooth. Vagina dentata. <laughs> what a wonderful phrase. Sounds like it. A, uh, no worries. Uh, is that the, the Lion King you're your doing? Days. Vagina dentata. <laughs> da, 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 da. Vagina, vagina dentata. <laughs> vagina <laughs> dentata.
0: Okay, anyway. These vagina uh, datata stories, or the woman with the tooth vagina, they become cautionary tales about sexual impropriety. The dangerous powers of women that can seduce a young missionary who are on God's errand. Well, I did some digging okay. on this. Your... Okay. <laughs> I'd never heard of vagina datata.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's Latin for tooth vagina. Yeah. Okay, so it describes a folk tale in which a woman's vagina is said to contain teeth with the associated implication... That sexual inter- intercourse would obviously result in inj- injury. Okay. Emasculation or castration. You're going to get your dick cut off. Yeah. For the so man like involved. a squid. You can find the tooth on a squid. Yes. So the topic of vagina dentata may also cover a rare medical condition affecting the vagina, in which case it is more accurately termed a vaginal dermoid cyst.
1: Ew. So. It doesn't sound as cool. Yeah, but you never
0: heard of this whole vagina dentata thing?
1: Um... No. Yeah. Well, you're missing I mean, out. I've heard of pussy teeth. <laughs> gas chompers. Yeah, yeah, gas chompers. It's a good Snatch one. Snatch snatchers. Snatch The Identical dick gates. Hey. Fang buckets. I like it.
0: Tuss tip hits. Okay. Mandible mittens. Yep. The mouth bone baby vendor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Dick hugging dentures.
1: I like it. Anyway, some quality writing there. We get it in once I have some time. Uh, tartar teeth. That's not a bad one. No. Tartar and teeth. Hold on. Don't tartar, worry about it. Tartar pussy. Dave, I
0: spent 10 minutes writing those. Calcium. It, it's not as easy as you calcium think. Calcium cooter. There's not too many similes for teeth. The calcium cooter. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Calcium cooter? Yeah. Anyway, the psychologist Eric Newman wrote that in one such myth, a fish inhabits the vagina of the terrible mother. Well, back to the squid. Yeah. <laughs> The hero is the man who overcomes the terrible mother, breaks the teeth out of her vagina, and so makes her into a woman. (laughs) Breaks the teeth out of Uh the fucking... It goes deeper. The legend also appears in the mythology of the Chaco and uh, Guiana tribes of South America. In some version, the hero leaves one tooth. Kind of like the tooth fairy. Wow! In North America, the Ponca and the Oto tribes tell a story in which Coyote outwits a wicked old woman who placed teeth in the vaginas of her daughter and another young woman she kept prisoner in order to seduce, kill, and rob young men. Coyote kills the woman and her daughter uh, marries the young woman after knocking out the teeth in her vagina except one blunt tooth that was very thrilling when making love.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> to leave one in for yeah, the tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, imagine that, halitosis. Oh, yeah. Halitosis. Halitosis. Something. So
0: also, uh, the according to Ainu Legend, uh, a sharp-toothed demon hid inside the vagina of a young woman and emasculated two young men on their wedding nights. Consequently, the woman sought help from a blacksmith Mm. who fashioned an iron phallus to mm. break the demon's teeth. Okay, man. Now, Arabs from this south... This is getting crazy, dude. <laughs> this is, you learn on this show. Jesus. Well, Arabs from southeastern Iran and islands in the Strait of Hormuz have a legend about Men-Mendas, mm-hmm. a creature that looks like a beautiful young woman with spikes on her thighs. Okay. She walks into the coastal mountains with a small box of jewels mm-hmm. and attracts every man on her way. Men-Mendas goes with an attracted man into an empty house puts the box of jewels under her head and lies down with her legs spread.
1: Yeah, baby. If
0: the man understood who this woman is, he can cast a fistful of sand in her eyes and run away from the box. No right. pun intended. In the box. <laughs> I'm the man in the, in the box. box.
1: It's fucking Venus flytrap shit. Yep. Rare, if the man is overcome by lust, the woman cuts him in half with her legs. Oh, boy. That's like the remember the body bodybuilder woman that break the watermelons with her thighs. Yeah, of course. It's same shit. Well,
0: there's more uh, in <laughs> in her book. Sexual personae, Camille Pagela wrote. The tooth vagina is no sexist hallucination.
1: I look, dude. Yeah. How did we get on this tooth vagina thing? It's called education. And what is it about? Like, is this part of the documentary? Yes,
0: this is about the myth. What the fuck? Every penis is made less in every vagina. Okay. Just as mankind, male and female, is devoured by Mother Nature. I just thought it was very interesting.
1: I used to get a blowjob from this chick in high school who had a... Single tooth, tooth? A tooth in the middle of her mouth, in the roof of her mouth. Just a single, just a single one, in the <laughs> you with it. Middle, middle of her mouth in the on the roof of it. it Why are you like bragging it, about it, this? Because this it, is a story you take felt, to your grave. It felt great. With the tooth, oh yeah, because it was a single. Just like on the top, like just she had her regular teeth in uh-huh, the front, uh-huh. but there was one snaggle tooth that was just literally in the middle like a, of her an mouth angle? in the roof. In an angle, just like it's hard to explain. In the <laughs> middle of her mouth and the, on the roof of it, like. If you were looking at it, it almost looked like she was wearing, she had a tongue ring. That's oh, where it was. Okay. Like but it was a there. tooth, just hanging, just hanging out. And it felt good, huh? Ah, oh, felt great. Okay. She also had big titties too. So. All right.
0: Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. So what I was thinking is I remembered that movie uh, Teeth. Do you remember the movie Teeth? <laughs> no, dude. Well, it was a horror film. I would have watch
1: a movie just named Teeth. What well, was a it was a horror lazy film.
0: writing. <laughs> It was a horror film about a woman that had vagina teeth (laughs) or the vagina vagina dentata. I'm going to get you. (laughs) Uh, Lastly, in case you're interested in those dermoid cysts we were talking about, Mm -hmm. they can grow in the vagina. Cool. Now... (laughs) Termo- this great. Thermoid cysts are formed- Make that shit tight, baby. ...from the outer layers of embryonic skin cells. Mm-hmm. These cells are able to mature into many different types of tissue. So did this
1: chick have teeth in her pussy? Absolutely not. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> and these cysts are able to form anywhere in the skin or where the skin folds inward to become nor- another organ, okay. such as in the ear of the vagina. Only reason I want to bring this up is I didn't know vaginas had ears.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think with all the fucking talking, women do. Knock that vagina right off. Well,
0: just so you know, when a dermoid cyst occurs in the vagina, they are covered by a layer of normal vaginal tissue and therefore appear as lump, not as recognizable teeth. Thank God. All
1: right, you ready I to get back? to... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what was happening try. over here? You
0: ready to get back to Troy?
1: I felt like that was like a like a. I don't know. Anyway. It's a history
0: lesson yeah. about vagina dentata.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. Now
0: we could have just done sing-songing from the fucking uh, Lion King. Right. But instead I decided to you know, you what?
1: You know, this is, you remember the Tracy Allman show? Yeah, Remember, of course. How, remember how the Simpsons made an appearance in the Tracy 1989. Allman 1989. That's how it started? Yeah. That felt like, this just is, like, that just felt like but, a Simpsons you know episode of the Tracy Allman show. Then we're going to have a
0: new Simpsons episode Spin of off? Down on the Docks. Yeah for five minutes of every episode, and it's going to be be called... uh, The Simpsons episode. The Simpsons episode, and this week's Simpsons episode was Vagina Dentata. Great, dude. Okay. Glad we got that out of the way. Let's do it, baby. All right. All right. Let's get back to Troy. So Troy says, a young man, once they receive what's called the McKelsdick priesthood, they're endowed with power from on high. Mm -hmm. Okay? They go through an elaborate endowment through the Mormon temples where we received a sacred underwear and sacred knowledge of keys to heaven. Now they reenact the Garden of Eden scenario during this ceremony, and there's an actor that performs as Lucifer, and he says in a menacing tone, those of you who do not live up to the covenants that you make on the altar of the temple this day will be in my power. And one of the covenants that you make is the law of chastity, that you will only have sexual relationships with he or she to whom you are legally and lawfully wedded. Sweet. So Morris says, manacled Mormon sex slave kind of wrecks all that, right? Sure. (laughs) Troy says, completely wrecks it. If Kirk Anderson was a willing manacled Mormon, he will have violated his temple covenants, violated the laws of chastity. What he risks is excommunication from the church, and greater than that, unless he repents, he won't be able to ultimately become a god and have his own planet. You know that? <laughs> I didn't know the. That's planet Mormon thing. theology.
1: I know that they have like the certain planes of like um, heaven and hell. No, like, you, there's no, there's oh. no, there's no hell in in Mormonism. Oh, I don't know if that's true. Uh, it's the nothing. Oh, and really? then you go And then, if you're good though, you have the different levels of how good you were, and that Correct. sends you to the different kingdoms. Right. The gooder you are, the gooder you are, the, the higher the kingdom, the go. higher the planet, closer yeah. to Kolob. Interesting. Kolob. See, when I when it was explained to me, they don't mention the planet shit because uh-huh. they don't want to scare off. No, uh, they're like Scientologists. There, they don't want to scare you yeah, off. Yeah, they're not going to give they you call everything. It a
0: kingdom. Yeah, but Sweet. that's but that's the same thing. My buddy, he was uh, he knew a celebrity in Feels Scientology, like, a lot like Patreon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the levels yeah it's like well, 15 dollars tier
0: but, but see that's the thing my buddy was uh he had a celebrity that he'd grown up with sure and they brought him in for like you know a couple months they're just showing him the little fucking things that you hold you know those little metal rods i don't know scientology Mm-mm. and then oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah, yeah. about three months in they put him in the room they mm. lock the doors mm. and then they play the video oh I the they movie
1: s- they don't stick the metal things up their butts, okay. No, okay, but that's when God.
0: the movie starts playing and they're like, Uh, we need to talk about Xenon, yeah. Oh, <laughs> do you know boy. what I mean?
1: Yes, meat sorp,
0: yeah, <laughs> meat sorp.
1: That's right.
0: All right, let's get back to Joyce. Well, Joyce says, I got this weird phone call. I had an answer in service and it said, It's been really crazy here, but I finally got them off my back. I still love you. Urgent, call me. So I called the number and some Mormon answered and said, Who's this? What do you want? very suspicious voice and I said I want to talk to Kirk I mean Elder Anderson (laughs) I said this is Sister Helmsley calling regarding the baptism of my daughter Millie well Millie was my sheepdog (laughs) Uh and I knew Kirk would know that and I said honey where do you want to meet he says about 2 o'clock and I said don't say where it is over the phone I was worried about an extension phone it went further than that it was a phone (gasps) tap So flash forward to September of 77, Joyce says, on my way to meet him, KJ, we're going on the motorway, and I'm singing, I'm getting married, I'm getting married, I'm so happy. I was just like a young bride on her honeymoon. I was just so full in love with him. Well, according to Joyce, she says the cops ran her off the road, and they threw her up against the police car and said, you're under arrest for false imprisonment of Kirk Anderson. Now, this is
1: back in the United States. No, this is is still still in London. They're
0: still in London. Okay. So, anyway, she says she's in complete shock. And, of course, the headlines just get cranked out. Mm -hmm. They're big again. Well, Peter says the law was required to take seriously an act involving a woman with a gun pointing it at a priest, forcing him, although this was sort of fantasy, forcing him into a car and Mm spread-aggling him to a bed and having sex with them. Yeah. I mean, there are so many possible crimes involved in all that, and yet everyone suspected there wasn't really a crime at all. Mm-hmm. Well, Troy breaks it down for us. He's got three seri- scenarios. He says, scenario number one is Kirk's story. Fake gun, chloroformed, kidnapped, tied up, and forced to have sex. That's yeah. the rape story. Yeah. <laughs> the second version is Joyce's. They were going to get married. They were going to have children. He needed to escape from the Mormon church. She rescues him. They rush away and have this magical, wonderful weekend together. And then they get him, they brainwash him, and all of a sudden he's claiming rape. Well, the third scenario, Troy says, is somewhere in the middle. There was a consensual aspect to the getaway, but somewhere along the line, he had second thoughts and he wanted to stop it. So Morris asked to Joyce, Do you think a woman can rape a man? <coughs> And she goes, honey, well, I am up. She goes, honey, and put chloroforms on <laughs> his face. Yes. She says, honey, that's like putting a marshmallow in a parking meter. Uh, a guy wants to or he doesn't. He has an erection or he doesn't. Uh, so she gets thrown in jail for three months.
1: Oh, okay. In London jail, London jail, Holloway prison. Yeah, very famous women's prison. They even have uh, 20 names for their yes, fucking prison. Of course prisons. they do. Holloway prison. Holloway prison. <laughs> so Joyce
0: says there's this little sliding door. And they would open it, just a little slit of light come in. We were getting muttoned for dinner. And she say, they'd say, are you ready to sign a confession? Mm-hmm. She says, I kept screaming, please get Kirk. Mm-hmm. Please get Kirk. I beat my fist bloody on this cold steel prison door screaming for Kirk. Well, then they get a picture in the tabloids tabloids, and it's Joyce in the back of a prison van and she wrote on a piece of paper that Kirk was cooperative and had left willingly. Okay. So Joyce goes to the prison library. Hmm. She says, I got a Bible. Oh. And wouldn't you know it, there are two blank pages in that Bible. Almost like God put it there. Hmm. I wrote two letters on those blank pages. One of my parents and one of the press. Well... I put them inside. I hate to sound gross, but I put one up my vagina
1: and one up my rectum. Oh, why did you have to put them both? Like you couldn't just fit both in your pussy? <laughs> dude, Come on, lady. I don't know. I guess the teeth some in women, there must. Some women have shallow
0: pussies. That's a real thing. Yeah. So she says, I got in the prison van and I pushed them out.
1: Fuck me, dude. <laughs> This chick is legit, man. I grunted them out. I grunted them. <laughs> I popped And then I popped him out the window. Ugh.
0: And I saw this man. And I go, pick
1: it up. Yeah. Pick it up. It's a little, it's a little different. I mean, Stern did this just with ping pong balls. <laughs> I've seen that, by the way. Yeah. She says, pick it up. Nail it. Yeah. Nail it. Wow. She
0: says, I was trying to motion to him. This guy I saw on the street, he could hear me in the prison van because I wanted to mail it to the post office.
1: Seems, Can you imagine? You <laughs> smelled it, Jesus See Christ. See, that you sniffed it? Oh! <laughs> it's like he, talk, talk, pe- you know how they do perfume? It's like, uh, uh, I think your perfume went bad, lady. Talk about receiving shitty news. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I forgot it. the other one's in her ass. Jesus yep. Christ.
0: So he mailed it. And Joey says, of course, when I got to the bail hearing, the whole planet had arrived now. hmm so this is December of 77. We see her get out of the van on the way to the Kirk. Uh, excuse me. On the way to court. <laughs> and she's screaming, Kirk fears excommunication. Let the public know. At this point, she's not only in newspaper headlines. She's on TV. Okay. Yeah. It's the biggest story in town. Crazy. So Joe says, I ask my lawyer. Okay. I said, look, if you can't talk, would you let me? Because I could sure talk. Yeah. Let me tell the people what happened. So I go up there, and I had them laughing. I had them crying. (laughs) I had them throwing spitballs at the Mormons. Uh, Thank God for all those years in drama school. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. So Peter says every, everyone was just mesmerized by a performance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no sense of fear, fear or shame or anything. And she just took to the court with great confidence. And she said, I loved him so much, I would have skied down Mount Everest nude with a carnation up my nose for the love of that man. Mm. Well, that's the headline. That makes all the papers the carnation yeah. up the nose headline. More headlines D Day for the Sex and Chains Beauty Queen. Little Miss Perfect's first quiver of love. Mm-hmm. We uh, the night it, the night we tried sex games. <laughs> Three days of fun, food, and sex. Well, the courtroom's yeah. packed. It's standing room only. Little old ladies are lined up with their shopping carts. Banners outside. Why? Because it's a big deal, man. Okay. So they had political cartoons. They were showing all these political mm-hmm. cartoons like man. I used going, to love
1: a good political cartoon. Man, they're all garbage pe- these days.
0: People are going to the bed and breakfast and mm-hmm. some are going to the whips and chains. You Ooh. know? It's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Well, the judges, they can't comprehend any of this shit because they're old timers with fucking powdered wigs in their hair. Right. And they can't even find the statute books which would deal with it. And you know, you gotta admit, you've kind of made it when you've done something that's not even in the books. So Joyce says they're so prim and proper. They wear these little powder wigs, which are like little dumb hats.
1: And they sit up there and wiggle on On head. Their- you're trying to tell me nobody's ever kidnapped a person like a, a, a female's never pl- either no, plotted or... No, they've never been a, apparently there's never been a female rape case. Well, you probably end up dead most of the time. You, well, what I do guess? you mean? Like the woman who got to the point of chloroforming somebody, <laughs> right. tying them up, fucking right. them. You usually, you, you got to kill the person right. afterwards. Right. You can't let them go. Right. I
0: see what you're saying. So, you know, they're in court and one of the judges says, did you ask for a back rub? Now they're cross-examining Kirk and Kirk says, yes, I did. And they say, well, was it cinnamon oil that she rubbed on your back? And he goes, yes. And Joyce says, like, he remembered that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> they asked them, were you willing or unwilling well, he didn't know what to do. So there's a Mormon in the front row, like a, an elder, and he jerks his head over to look for an answer. And and then, you know, he's like, what am I supposed to say? And he says, yes, I was unwilling. Well, the judge says, were you unwilling all seven times? Huh. And huh. he goes, well, I wasn't as unwilling the third time as I was the first. And she's like, I wanted him to be strong and say, yes, I love her. And I'm going to tell the truth. But he was scared. Yeah. You know, you can tell a lie long enough and you'll end up leaving it. So back to the news reporter. For 45 minutes, Miss McKinney poured out her statement to an occasionally confused magistrate. (laughs) At one point, he stopped her and said, I'm lost. And Miss McKinney spoke in a North Carolina drawl, put the whole case in this way, referring to the young Mormon Kirk Anderson. She said he put me in prison to save himself from excommunication and family disgrace. This was a phony kidnap, according to Miss McKinney, Referring to the episode down in Devon Cottage, she said we had three days of fun, food, and sex.
1: So, the British lifestyles of the rich <laughs> and famous. You always know Robin. Late. You know how they do that—that that, the, they talk up here and then down here. It's all about inflection, buddy. Yeah. They go up, they go down. Those everything's breasts. got everything's got murder and genocide.
0: Well, this is the talk in every single pub, tavern, and restaurant in the UK. So everybody, you know, knows where they were when they heard the Joyce McKinney story. It was a perfect tabloid. It had sex, kinky sex. It had religion. I mean, isn't all sex kinky sex? No, of course it's not. No. No, the good sex is kinky sex, though. It's taboo. People
1: are, you know. But what if what if you used to be a freak, uh-huh. and now your kink is to be pr- prim and proper and just do missionary? Then you've lost your touch. Aww. Anyway, we got a beauty ke- queen mm-hmm. that kidnapped
0: a man mm-hmm. in the mission at gunpoint. The chains, the spread-eagleness. Uh, there was something for everybody in this story. It was the perfect tabloid
1: story. Yeah, I mean, Which how you can't... It's it is kind of hard, especially as a man, yeah. to like try and like feel bad for the guy. Well, you know? Joyce says,
0: I mean, I could never understand the public's fascination with my life. I'm not a movie star, I'm just a person, a human being. Yeah. That was caught in an extraordinary circumstance. Well, this point there's there's a battle for mm-hmm. the tabloid headlines. There's the Daily Express and the Mirror, and they're locked in deadly combat to who can scoop the story. So Then she gets released on bail. Okay. So Joyce goes out on bail awaiting trial. Well, somebody sent a limousine to pick her up at the prison. And she says, here am I. I'm at the exit. I got last powder in my hair. I'm supposed to be this ex beauty queen and all the cameras are there. That was my first taste of the press. And then I got back to the bed and breakfast. I started very quietly to get in the limousine. I'm thinking, I wonder who sent this car. Hmm. I'm getting ready to go hug my mom and my dad and say I'm home. And all of a sudden, the sky lit up with flashbulbs. Suddenly night became day, and I was a celebrity. I didn't ask to become a celebrity. I didn't want to be a celebrity, but it was like a wave. She says, it was like a phenomenon.
1: (laughs) Uh, You want to try that again? 168, more like 95. Yeah. So... More for head- mama
0: mom. Ba-na-na. Ba-na-na. So, more headlines. Uh, a hug, then Mormon girl sets off for the shops. <laughs> Gee, it's great to be free, says Sex Case Joyce. So, a reporter asks her what it's been like. And she says, Well, I've been very busy. It's been amazing the way the public has responded to my case. I got close to a 1,000 letters from the British public. The rest of the time that I'm not answering letters, I'm working on my book. Hmm. So she's working on this book. So back to the present day, um, she said, I had something like, I love Kirk so much. Oh, she says that I'd said something that I loved him so much that I would ski down Uh Mount Everest with a carnation. And all of a sudden I got back to my place and there were carnations everywhere. Every room, closet, sink on the floor, on the bed. Sacks of mail all over the world. People wanted their autograph. They wanted me to autograph their baby's bellies, their Mm. elbows, their cigarette packs. She says, I got marriage proposals. I got maps of directions to guys' houses saying, please come kidnap and rape me anytime, honey. Mm. So, like I said, more headlines. Girl, you know, curfew lifted. The press is following her 24-7. Well, she starts becoming a celebrity. She goes to parties, movie premieres. She was there was a a premiere for Saturday Night Fever, which was a huge box office hit. She says Johnny Travolta was there. Yeah. She says, The Bee Gees asked me to dance. Keith Moon of The Who wanted to meet me. He comes up and says, Joyce, a girl, I'm going to give you a big old smooch. Well, that makes the papers. Yeah. So now they think Keith Moon's into her. Right. So
1: so she has been let out.
0: Yeah, she's out on bail. She's out on bail. Her court is done. No, For she's awaiting to go back. Waiting to go back. So and
1: she's out on bail. Yeah, living just in in London, the cottage in somewhere
0: while she's partying. Everybody wants to hang out with her. Got it. So the editor of um, the Express says, "Why don't you guys hire a Rolls Royce and take Joyce to the premiere of Ooh. The Stud, and try and upstage <clears throat> the star of The Stud, who was Joan Collins? Mm-hmm. Now The Stud was this sleazy, trashy, cheap." sex, disco, low-budget film based on the book by Jackie Collins and her sister starred in it. She was in Dynasty, if you'll Mm -hmm. recall. Well, Morris is like, what was the chance you could do this? Could you really upstage Joan Collins with Joyce McKinney? And he said, we did. We sent the Rolls-Royce and the press went crazy. I mean, it was like, if it was Marilyn Monroe or the Queen. I mean, certainly more excitement than when Joan Collins got out of her limousine. And then, of course, she returned Home at midnight, like Cinderella, presumably Keith had been packing their bags because they disappeared the next day and went on the lam. Oh. Yes. News reporter. The police had opposed bail, believing that the couple would leave the country if it were granted. Since their disappearance was discovered on Thursday, the police have kept a watch on all air and seaports, but they were last seen by neighbors on Wednesday evening. Joyce says, I never fled. She said, don't use that word. I left. Well, okay. Well, here's how she left. Same thing. Here's how she left. She went to the airport with KJ and they pretended to be deaf mutes. Okay. Okay. They got birth certificates of deaf mutes. Both of them were deaf mutes. They got birth certificates of two dead Mormons. Mm. She says, I didn't think they'd mind. And she says, I don't even know how. Yeah, she did it. She says, I got me a travel visa and I put on a granny wig and I got me a fat suit. You know what a fat
1: suit is? Dude, this is crazy. Like, This is so crazy that like, it, I'm just getting this and I'm just getting that. And yeah, I'm just like getting where? spy equipment. And I'm just like, yeah. this has... This is, this is great, though. She says, you know what a fat suit is? Like in
0: Norbit? Yeah. You ever seen Norbit?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've seen it.
0: She goes, Keith, we're going home. She said, I dyed Keith's hair black. She goes, I made him a little Hannibal, Hannibal mustache mm-hmm. and darkened his skin like Pedro Gonzalez.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who the fuck that is. Pedro Gonzalez sounds like a baseball player.
0: Maybe. She says she <clears> found <throat> that there was a troop of deaf actors going to the States through Canada. She says, well, let me tell you.
1: Dude, what do you mean you? Fa- she found
0: out? She says, let me tell you something. This- I put some little signs on us. It said, I am deaf. But I can lip read. Please announce your words slowly and speak clearly. And she says, I remember the stewardess said, just get these dummies on the plane. (laughs) So we got to Canada. It's at night. And then she's worried about immigration. She Mm -hmm. says, I had 13 suitcases full of news clippings. Then the suitcases, all the magazine covers, all this stuff. They're going to look at me and say, "Oh, oh, oh, you got 13 suitcases. You're an immigrant. Yeah. And then she says she pointed to the deaf mute, mute sign, and she goes, oh, you're deaf. Okay, we don't have our interpreter, so you're clear. Just going right through. And she wrote on a, a piece of paper. She says, I'm tired now. Can I go? And they let her through. Wow. Well, 10 days later, Peter. So.
1: Yeah. She made FBI. it. The FBI. CIA. We're going to get to that. I mean. No CIA, but FBI. For I mean, sure. if it's London, if she's going cross country, CIA. By the way, this, the FBI is just the janitors for the CIA. So. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, yes, it is. All right. Well, Peter says 10 days later, he's in his office at the Daily
0: Express, and the phone rings. He says he picks it up, and it's Joyce. Well, Joyce offered to sell her story to the Daily Express for 40,000 pounds. So their paper arranged for her for him to fly out to Atlanta and get the story. Well, he shows up. Joyce and KJ they're dressed in nuns outfits with grease paint on their face like they're pretending to be Indian like Calcutta Indians
1: <laughs> like not like blackface though no it like, was like, a, like like it, like Indian a, color paint face oh no <laughs> you know? my
0: gosh Peter says they should have been arrested for bad acting this is crazy she says. Uh, He says she was enjoying it and giving us all this nonsense, which totally sanitized the version of the truth. Yeah, by
1: the way, in the late 70s, you see a dude in a fucking full headdress or a girl in full headdress and war paint on. You're not thinking anything of it. Nowadays, you see one, you go, this this guy's trying to make a TikTok video. Well, Peter says we fell for the
0: story and we had our tape recorders and we're thinking, God. This is an amazing story. So Joyce brought in a suitcase and three of us were in the room and she put her finger on the button and Peter said it exploded all these disguises and wigs and bondage gear, uh, which he expected to see, but he didn't. So I expected the FBI to come in any moment crashing through our windows because as far as he knew, they were aiding and abetting the fugitives. So he says it wasn't really clear what KJ's motive was, except he was also in love with Joyce. And Joyce treated him like a mistress, like slave fantasy relationship. So Keith even makes the papers. One day she will forget her Mormon and marry me. And in the paper, it's two of them dressed up as nuns. Mm. Peter says, he, he said, down slave, she would say to him. Down slave. Uh, she would say it jokingly, though. But it did occur to them that this is all the language of the world of bondage. Yeah. It's a master mistress power, thring, power thing. So Jackson, uh, remember old Jackson? Yep. He said Keith had probably had an obsession for Joyce, just like Joyce had an obsession for Kirk. So the fact that he was just be able to be around her satisfied his emotions. So Joyce says the tabloids in England, they're all filth. But on top of that, the absolute worst was the Daily Mirror. And Peter says the Daily Mirror had the reporters in L.A. at the time. They're digging up the story in L.A. Now, meanwhile, she's in Atlanta. But they find out that she had activities not as a call girl, but as well, I suppose. And he's like, I mean, she was. She was paying, being paid for sexual services. Yeah. So that there's these two competing stories here. So next we're going to meet... The uh, photographer for the Daily Mirror, which is, you know, uh, the the Express's competitor. His right. name is Kent. And Kent says, they got a tip from a police officer in London to one of uh, our London reporters that was covering the story. And they said, you need to go to LA and find her boyfriend named
1: Steve Moskowitz. Uh, yes. This is whose boyfriend? Joyce's boyfriend. Wow. That's what I figured you were talking about. Just wanted to make sure. Right. So she's got a boyfriend. She has a boyfriend in LA. Uh huh. So And what year are we in right same now? Same
0: year, 78. She's still mm. on bail. She just jumped bail. Got it. So she fled to Canada, ended up in Atlanta. That's where Peter met up with her from the Daily Express. But the mirror wants a dirtier, darker story. Mm-hmm. So um, wow. Kent says Joyce had been in touch with him saying... Destroy any pictures if a journalist shows up. Don't talk to anybody. Well, Steve was unco- uncooperative, and this is when Kent meets him, but he was still madly in love with her. This is Kent, uh, Steve Moskowitz. Moskowitz. So they manipulate Steve, and they say, if you want to be there for her, we'll fly you out for the trial at the Old Bailey. Apparently that's a very famous court. Mm. We'll pay you a old first, Bailey. Oh Bailey, we'll pay you a first class air ticket for you and put you up in a hotel so you could be with her. Well, the next morning the phone rings and Steve says I'm downstairs. Hmm. He handed over six strips of black and white contacts and there was nothing really that bad on them, except she was sitting on a horse in a bathing suit. Cool. They were glamour pictures as he re- refers to them. Uh, he said, the editor in London wants me to take a picture of you. Steve says, can you make it look like I haven't posed for this? And he said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, I'm kind of looking after Joyce's dog, Millie, and I got to go take him for a walk. And he didn't want to make it look like he was cooperating.
1: Hmm. Meanwhile, he's good, good idea. totally betraying
0: her. Sure. So Ken says, I didn't realize, I don't think he realized how much he was giving us. Yeah. It was only when he said to me, she placed these ads in the Hollywood free press. So they show these ads and it says gorgeous former Miss USA contestant desires work, beauty, brains, and talent. The best girl in the free press. PhD in drama, film, former model, actress, and state beauty queen. 38, 24, 36. (laughs) Slim, sweet, southern blonde. Well, she's got more. It says, how would you like her to leisurely bathe you, lovingly blow dry, style your hair, and then give you a delicious nude massage on a fur-covered waterbed. I like it. Your fantasy is her specialty: S and and D, escort service, nude wrestling, Ooh. modeling, erotic phone calls, dirty panties,
2: <laughs> <or
0: pictures. clears throat> <laughs> and dirty letters. Mail your fantasy or specialty to Joey. P.S. Joey says I love shy boys, dirty old men, and sugar daddies. <laughs> Yeah. So they get these pictures from the free press
1: and she's topless.
0: She's got a rack.
1: Yeah. Yes. Well, 38 dude. Yes.
0: Is that what the first number means? Yep. Is that tits and then waste, waste and then ass? ass. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Kent says, I could not believe that Joyce was advertising those services, but that was only the beginning because once we had all that, then we had to start thinking who has the actual pictures of this? Well, It was only when he named the photographer. He never. uh, He said, I've never photographed Joyce McKinney. I have no idea who it is. And I said, well, according to a friend of mine and a friend of hers, she always came on her modeling assignments with her dog. So he dug out some magazines and said, boom, that's her. I saw it. So what they did, and the pictures here are nude calendar shots. So anyway, Kent goes to Steve's apartment and he finds a phone bill and it's itemized like they did back in the old days. Yep. And uh, it had every phone call that Joyce had made for three, three months. So they called every single number to find out if they'd heard Joyce McKinney. Well, then they realized Millie the sheepdog is the missing link. They show the picture of Millie to the photographer and he says, that's it. And they realized Joyce had been using an alias. Mm, Joyce says, yep. Yeah. She'd covered her tracks. Yeah. Joyce said, You know, you learn when you're famous who your friends are, Mm -hmm. when the payrollies come out and the checkbook journalists, people that are really jealous or maybe didn't like you or need money. Well, I had a false friend. His name was Steve and he was a real creep. Now, my take on this is he's a fucking pimp.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's a photographer.
0: He had the key to the outside of my apartment so we could go in and walk my dog. Well, he broke into my steamer trunk. I had huge pictures of me there and a modeling portfolio. Well, he sold them to the Sun and the Daily Mirror. Both were in contest to see who could do the worst Joyce Bikini story. When those Daily Reporters showed up on his doorstep, they turned him in and bragged about it. They sent him and his prostitute crony to Mexico.
1: (laughs) To Mexico!
0: (laughs) And they wouldn't be prosecuted for breaking and entering my apartment. So we see a tabloid picture of uh, the prostitute crony, topless. That's uh, Joyce's partner in crime, Laura. So Ken says we're worried about Steve at this point, that somebody was going to get to him Mm -hmm. besides the mirror. So they keep Steve out of the way and send him to Manko for 10 days. (laughs) Thank God. So they also got him for really cheap. So they're like, he could have made a ton of money off us yeah. by telling his son I am just thinking about
1: that right now. Like, yeah. as soon as I heard about this, I'd be like, well, I'd be on the phone. As soon as they gave me a number, I'd be on the phone with the other people being like, hey. He's happy with his trip to the
0: old Bailey, his first class flight to watch, you know, the trial. So he says, we're coming up with more material than you can believe. Unpublishable stuff, bondage, her wrestling with tigers, mud wrestling, nudes. Now, the services that were offered were oral sex massage and bondage. Laura would have the full intercourse if they paid enough money. So we see more unpublished nudes of Laura, the prostitute crony, because those are making the press over there too. Now, apparently Joyce would do the bondage and anything else they needed, including oral sex. But that was it. That's where she drew the line. Yeah, no yeah. Nothing, She's like, no you dick in my pussy. P- put it in my mouth, give me yeah. a hondo, we're good to go. But this answers your question. You can stick a letter in my ass if you <laughs> yeah. want. This is where all the money was coming to fund yeah. this entire operation. Right, so she was a hoo-er. She was a hooer. So they had a security system in place. We got,
1: here ye, here ye. She <laughs> was a whore.
0: <laughs> so... Here was their security system. They bugged Millie the sheepdog's collar and put a listening device in the no. collar. Yep. So she would sit out in the car with the bodyguards in case anything ever went wrong. Mm-hmm. So Kent also claimed that Steve was madly in love with Joyce. He asked her had he ever had sex with Joyce, and Steve said, shoot, man, nobody has ever had sex with her.
1: Ooh, because yep. of her pussy tooth. <laughs> She didn't have a pussy tooth, but okay.
0: So flash forward to May 22, 1978. More headlines. How Little Miss Perfect made a fortune out of sex, and we see these half-naked pictures of Joyce in bondage outfits. So it's progressing in the press out there. Joyce McKinney told the world she was Little Miss Perfect, yet she earned a small fortune in America as a vice girl. Mm -hmm. In 18 months of nude modeling and selling sex services, 27-year-old Joyce made an estimated 25,000 pounds. Joyce says, I mean, worms crawl out of the woodwork when you become famous. Worms, cockroaches. So then the Daily Mirror runs their big campaign Mm -hmm. for a week with all these salacious pictures and calls it the real McKinney. Yeah. The Daily Express goes to softer side and just runs the pictures of her wearing the nun outfit Mm -hmm. and portrays her as a God-fearing, religious, and sweet-natured woman who was a victim of cruel circumstances. So Joyce says, the Express came, and they actually let me record what I said. Mm -hmm. And they printed it word for word the same week the Mirror came out with their awful story. They had painted a totally different picture of me. It was, if I was educated, they made me dumb. If I was a virgin, they made me a slut. Peter says, we did the fantasy that Joyce wanted and promoted it to the millions of English readers. Morris says, yeah, you became her tool, her slave. And Peter says, totally. We were her slaves. Well, the Daily Express did buy the story, and it was only Joyce's story that they wanted to say about the kidnapping. What she did or did not do with Kirk. She wasn't going to tell the story about what her hooker assignments were all about. Right. Kent says she can't say it never happened, though, because we have them in black and white. Right. Okay. Well, Joyce claims that the pictures were doctored. Ooh. Yes. And Kent says... Sorry, Joyce, you don't doctor negatives. Yeah. We have the negative print and the in the magazine. Yeah. Get out right. of that one, Joyce. Yeah. He's like daring her. Yeah. So Joyce says, the son put my head under another person's <laughs> naked body, and she was flat-chested as a board. <laughs> I mean, that girl was flat. Yeah. You can see I'm not flat. <laughs> Those are fried eggs. <laughs> 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 so the son, she says the son admitted it was a fake picture they okay. came out and said it was a composite picture but the daily mirror didn't the daily right. mirror tried to make it look like she was a whore i'm 99% sure she was a whore yes. after we've gathered the information that the you know we've seen right once again
1: she was a whore
0: <laughs> on the only Kent says, on the only occasion when i did meet her a bit later she said she didn't pose news But he's looking at an editor's desk of over 1,000 nudes of her, and she didn't know (laughs) that. The only thing. Well, (sighs) that was a dark time in my life. So Morris says, what did you do with the photographs? Do you still have them? He says, unfortunately, only the pictures that were published in the mirror are still available. The file had 800 to 1,000 pictures. They were all locked up. In a safe, but unfortunately, the mirror group changed ownership, and it went missing. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got a private jack stash. Something. Is what I'm saying. Jack stash, yeah. So back in America, Peter says, we were in the hotel room, and Joyce was constantly calling her friend in North London saying, give me an update on the papers. Give me an update on the papers. Well, she got the newspapers, the early editions, and she had them all laid out in front of them. And he was on the phone saying there's photographs of you here with no clothes on. And there's another photograph of you here standing on a man in
1: a bedroom. And Joyce lost it. She flipped out. Wow, She's so enraged. yeah, that they're starting to print. So, obviously, they're blurring it. No. Oh, they're just straight up nudes? Yeah, they were showing it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Pretty pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) she's freaking out. And she went absolutely insane.
1: She lost her shit. And at some point, got to remember, there's a guy. Aren't there, like, isn't there some kind of like law against that?
0: Well, the only laws that I found that they couldn't release is they couldn't publish this stuff while the court case was going on, because then the courts could have sued the newspapers for, yeah, for like, like, like for discovery, yeah, releasing yeah, well, discovery,
1: not, or like or maybe some kind of persuasion thing,
0: right? Because they didn't want the juries to be affected, right? Well, anyway, during this breakdown, uh, there's somebody on the phone in London. Okay. Well, Joyce rips that phone off the wall; <laughs> it goes flying. She runs and hangs on the curtains and then walks out of her hotel room to the balcony and threatens to jump.
2: What the
1: fuck? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Peter is... Peter grabs her by her ankles.
1: Okay. Oh. Well, Joyce says, I look but She's down. not like dangling. No. No, no. She's, He's she's just like holding, upright. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Joyce says, I look down and I could see all those reporters milling around outside trying to get their shot, trying yeah. to get their shot. You know, and even as far as up as I was, they were trying to get their shot. And I thought, all I have to do is just
1: just jump and splatter and I'll be dead. I'll be in heaven. There'll be no more tabloid reporters. <laughs> it's like uh, that scene from Forrest Gump. If you love her, babe, you love her when she's walking out the door. Is you that know, before she- or after Jenny got AIDS? No, it's before, <laughs> well, possibly the exact moment Jenny got AIDS. But uh, it's when she goes outside onto the balcony to jump. And they're playing the music. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, at this point, KJ comes to the rescue. He jumps in and says,
0: Don't. If you jump, they will win. If you <laughs> die, the truth dies with you, and nobody will ever know what really happened. That's a good, that's a pretty
1: good method. Peter getting like a narcissist to, from jumping.
0: Peter says ah, he was. I, I hold all the keys. Okay, go on. Peter says she was hysterical, completely out of control. So they took her to a hospital. He says we were thinking in terms of a pill of some kind, <laughs> lithium. <laughs> but this nurse appeared with a large syringe yeah. and just stuck it in her. Yep. We wheeled her out unconscious, got her back to the hotel. Well, Tell her, that
1: bitch to chill.
0: Her father and mother, uh, they showed up, and then she bit her dad's arm. Yeah. Okay. And they're tussling. <laughs> Peter says it was like she'd been a uh, he'd been attacked by a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so Joyce runs out. Gets out of the hotel in her nighty, jumps across the freeway. Wow. Cars are whizzing back and forth. He says it's a miracle she made it across the freeway. And she just <laughs> this, I'm telling you, dude.
1: She's like, a, this, this bitch is a CIA agent, man. <laughs> All right. So we flash forward to 1984. Okay. So caught
0: six years have passed on the on the TV. This man's accent, so deep, I mm-hmm. had to do it. Okay. Would you believe McKinney is back? (laughs) Joyce McKinney, the sex-and-change girl, arrested. Sounds
1: like Mitch McConnell.
0: I thought it was Albert Finney. Uh, She used to throw me out every day two or three times a month saying, Lord have mercy, I'll kill myself for what the Daily Mail said about me. And 70 years later, she's still pursuing this unfortunate woman. Can you believe it? Jesus. So back to Earl and Joyce. Morris says, so you saw Kirk in eighty-four? And she goes, Yeah. I was at the airport. His overweight Mormon wife saw me and I
1: Oh, uh-huh, what a bitch. <laughs> of
0: course. I guess she was disturbed, uh, disturbed. I was using a public airport. She went and called the police on me, and said,
1: Oh, McKinney's here. Go get her. She's using a public airport. Uh-huh. I'm sure that's what it was.
0: Morris says, What was her job uh, Kirk's job at the airport? <laughs> Joe says, I hate to say this, but
1: he was a doo-doo dipper okay somebody who has to check people's asses or is that like a is that like a custodian a doo-doo <laughs> dipper Just says that's someone who takes the
0: doo-doo off the back of the plane
1: oh that's cool it's probably a pretty good job there's, probably a pretty good paying job there's no mention of it being called a
0: doo-doo dipper in the urban dip- dictionary well, anywhere online i, I looked
1: i don't know what a dipper like entails but okay
0: it doesn't exist. Yeah. She made it up. It's not a colloquialism. It's nothing like that. Yeah. So Joyce says they married him off to this big overweight woman. Oh, and they told her to start having kids as quick as possible so they'd get over me. The fact that I could have given him children, I guess, was bypassed. I was kind of glad she's not too good looking. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, dude. I mean, she would have been really good looking. I probably felt awful, you know, cried my eyes out. <laughs> but it wasn't any competition, if you know what I mean, unless you consider an extra hundred pounds. <laughs> She's Jeez. literally just cackling like a lunatic. Yeah. So <clears throat> Peter says she was found lurking outside his office and she was arrested for stalking. Now, I didn't know how doo-doo dippers have offices, but apparently they yeah. do. So, we see
1: her mug shots. There's a lot of doo-doo out there, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I grew up with the guy whose dad owned an outhouse service. Yeah. Andy Gump. Shitter's full. And I remember him, 16 years old, dude. As soon as he turned 16, went to work with dad on the fucking, on the pump lines. And uh, now he's probably worth millions. There's a lot of money and shit. Shit hauling. So... Easily worth millions. Um, so we get to see her mug shots in eighty My father was a shit man. His father was a shit man and I'm a shit man. Okay, sorry. It's funny.
0: Um, we also see pictures of Kirk. Like they somebody went and found um him in the wild because they're clearly undercover photographs. Okay. Like he's pulling out of a, a grocery store. He's a regular dude, you know. Yeah, he's the driv- fucking the tabloids. He's driving a Chevy Caprice. The examiner. So Morris says, do you still love him? And Joyce says, I'll die loving him. Uh-huh. I never got married because of him. I'm an incurable romantic, you know? Uh-huh. The idea of marrying somebody that I didn't love and having to sleep with him and have his kids and live a humdrum blase, half-love life, I'd rather have a short few weeks with someone who was the star and the crown yeah. than to spend my life with someone and be miserable. So back to the 70s in one of Joyce's interviews, Joyce says, love is not a changing thing. It doesn't. It's a steadfast and eternal thing. It's like an internal flame. It doesn't just stop because the circumstances change. It goes on past death. We next see a series of home movies that Joyce had filmed
1: herself. Now we're getting to the juicy stuff.
0: It's weird, dude. We see a computer and we hear a dog barking in the background. Okay. Okay. And she says, today's date is September 25th, 1986. It is the interior of the McKinney House. This is the office. Dave is nine months old. (laughs) You love to try to figure (laughs) out your age. Little Dave, Um, nine
2: months old. That might
0: be my favorite segment of this show. How old was Dave when Chris (laughs) drops a random date? Uh, For those of you playing at home, you can add 10 years to uh, Dave's date to figure out my My age. If you're that curious... So anyway, you see these grainy like Super 8 movies and you hear a dog barking faintly in the background. And Joyce says, could you work at this computer with dogs barking outside your window? There's several of
1: them. Okay.
0: And she's like repeatedly uh, videotaping the backyard, dating it. And then we see this dog repeatedly. And Joyce says, my father's trying to take a nap. And both Benfield hounds are barking. The shot is done through the screen. The shot is done through the screen. She's narrating every little detail that she's doing. What? It's weird. Okay. Well, Joyce says, Finally, I got what's called agoraphobia. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. It's when you can't leave your house. Hmm. We had a big old farmhouse with a river on the side and woods on the other. We thought it was just like a natural barrier to paparazzi. Oh, boy. But they would just put on fisherman boots and they just wade right through that river. I remember one time a woman came on her property and said, I'm trying to see what Joyce McKinney looks like. Just bypass the no trespassing sign. Uh, so I got myself a big old guard dog. I called him Tough Guy. Uh, big pissed pit bull mastiff. Jaws uh, like an alligator. Yeah. And I put him right out front and I said, come on, boys. <laughs> come on, boys. Yeah. Well, one day he got bee stung. Oh. These two women that worked at the pharmacy who didn't like me oh. decided it'd be a hoot to add a zero to that old prednisone prescription for Joyce McKinney's guard dog. Wouldn't that be funny? Probably drive him nutty, wouldn't it? Well, it drove him nutty. The capillaries in his, his brain exploded. Oh, fuck. But before that, he attacked me. Mm. He didn't know who I was. She holds up her arm, and she goes, He amputated. I can't even raise this arm up, but he amputated my left arm. It's what? clearly not amputated. Oh. It's fucking there. The whole they, arm. Yes. Unless like they bring re- the hand. Can you re amputate? Or can you? What is it called when you put I it get, back on? I don't know, but. She says it's been amputated, but it's there. Uh. And she goes, The dog tore off all three of my fingers. And, and they're, they're all, all there. there.
1: <laughs> and she moves them. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> and then she goes, He ripped out my intestines out of my stomach. All right. <laughs> And she says, he threaded my knee from my right kneecap to my ankle. I don't even know what that means. So, and I was kind of surprised Morris didn't say, what does thre- threaded mean? Yeah. So anyway, Joyce says, I where are the scars? They're not there. There's, no there's a scar- tiny one right here on her amputated arm
1: that's actually there. fucking kill herself probably. So she
0: says, I was bleeding to death. I was dying. Yeah. A few months before this, I'd found a, a little dog by the side of the road going through the garbage cans, and I named him Bugger. And Booger was a little pit bull. Mm -hmm. I said, could you use a friend? I said, I could use a friend. Well, he had a little five beat musical bark. i would taken him home, not realizing that he was going to be famous someday. (laughs) Here we go. Or that he would save my life or change my life for so many other people. Right. But the night this big mastiff attacked me, I got next door to where Booger was. And I said, help me, Booger. And Booger shot out and he jumped out and pulled that other dog off of me. Hmm. It was a fight to the death. Yes. And I thought, poor little Booger. Mm -hmm. He's going to give himself in
1: Christ like love for me. Let me explain what happened here. (laughs) This bitch got drunk. (laughs) Uh, She tried to beat the fuck out of the little dog. (laughs) The big dog was like, no, dude, stop that. And Uh started attacking the shit out of her. Or like sort (laughs) of kind of attacking her a little bit. And that's what, ha- how- that's what happened. Uh, I'm
0: not uh, disagreeing with you, but let's hear her full events of the story until you make your decision. Good, I'm glad. Let's hear it. Well, I came home from the hospital. He sat on the bed beside me. And we healed together. And we formed a friendship. Booker was a very special dog. Not only was he a service dog, but one day, he just got up and unlocked the door. And then he started dialing 911 with his paw. <laughs> okay. He had a big button phone. Uh. And I said, one day I said, Booger, I need a towel. And you know what he did? He walked right over to the dryer and got me a towel. Mm-hmm. And then one day I said, hey, Booger, mm-hmm. <laughs> can you give me a pop out of the fridge? And sure enough, he'd go get it and gently carry it mm-hmm. so it wouldn't burst. Right. And then he'd drop it right in my lap. Mm-hmm got me through a real tough time boy for 10 years he was my helper
1: yeah well okay hold on yeah stopping you again here this really reminds me of remember oj's book if i did it yes (laughs) okay well i don't know if you ever read the book but it um it starred oj and also a character uh, named joyce mckinney named charlie (laughs) okay that apparently was there in the murder scene now, right. now what people speculate is that Charlie is like the good OJ, and OJ oh. is like bad OJ. Like so, OJ, OJ. there's OJ. like good. So it's like it's like Charlie no, or, or Charlie's bad OJ, mm-hmm. and OJ is OJ, and like Charlie was the one who killed him. Like no, Charlie, why? Did, what happened? Why is there right. all this blood here? So by the way, I used to live on Bundy. I don't know
0: mm, if I've ever told you that it was mm-hmm. my first place I lived in LA, oh, yeah. right? Just like four blocks from where that murder happened.
1: Yeah. Slept in a closet. Didn't they uh, recently tear it down? They did. They got rid of it. So you p- people can't go look at the address. They so, pulled the address. So that uh, nobody in LAPD is implicated yeah. in the fucking bullshit that happened. Yeah, sure. The cover up? Yes. Um, the bloody glove. All right. So let's, let's let Joyce so, yeah, finish so, yeah, telling Joyce. her
0: story. Um, she says, well... My beloved old friend Booger passed away in my arms of cancer in April 2006. Mm-hmm. I tried everything in the world to Wait save him. Wait a minute.
1: Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Wait, didn't this happen in no, 86? This is her in the interview yeah. with Morris in 2010 when okay, it was released. Okay, okay,
0: okay, okay. So she's recalling everything. Okay, okay. I went to every veterinary I could. I said, you can't die, buddy. You all have. We're a package deal. You cannot die. It was my last commitment I gave to him. You can't die. And he looked at me as if he didn't want to disappoint me. And those eyes, with age-old wisdom, those dark brown eyes, looked at me like, don't worry, I will see you again. This is not the end of us. I just wanted to go to heaven, and I thought God would just have Booger there in a cloud for me Mm -hmm. when I got there. I had such a sad life, you know, with all the tabloid mess, and I thought... I just wanted the Hurt to stop. I can't do without him.
1: Well, then I heard about cloning. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought... Boy, this thing really does have a lot. (laughs) I told you it's got I mean, it's turned into a buffet here. We've turned into like... You know, like a, when you try to theme a buffet, but uh-huh. then you go and you really get so far. Yeah, of course. So then you just end up having sushi yeah. Yeah. and then edamame. On, to, on top of your lasagna. And then, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> you're like... "Talk dog shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> dude.
0: So she says, I thought I'd give it a stab. So she says, I contacted Dr. Hong
1: Chung Lee. Okay. And... I, I asked him if it was possible. That's not his name.
0: It is? Well, you're right. It's not. <laughs> but I can't tell you why it's not just yet. Oh, fuck okay? me. All right, But she said, I contacted Dr. Hong Chung Lee, and I asked him if it was possible. I wrote him a letter in Korean, translated it, and then tracked down his phone number. And he goes, I can clone your dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I said, are you sure? I mean, is it possible
0: I could have my old boy back? And oh he goes, "I can't." <laughs> <laughs> no, keep in mind, that's her. <laughs> <laughs> Are
2: You okay,
1: yeah. Davey D- Bonglong? Are you okay? Oh my god! The the uh, <laughs> I, I, I must say, Chris. Yeah. You nailed the Chinese with the Southern accent but together. But here's the Holy thing. Shit, Here's dude. what you have to understand. Yeah. That's her doing I know. the
0: racist I, impression. Accent. I know. Okay? I get it. I get it.
1: Okay. Oh, fuck me,
0: dude. So much for letting sleeping uh, dogs lie, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me, dude. Time out. Oh.
0: Do you remember his name?
1: Uh, Hong Chong Lee. <laughs> hmm That's bullshit.
0: Correct. Because we meet the actual doctor named Jean Han
1: Hong. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just like this fucking Hong Chung Lee motherfucker. <laughs>
0: she's just like Ching Chong Ching. I heard, I, heard,
1: I heard Hong in there. That's it. She got one. She got one. The guy's name is Dr. Hong Chung Lee, according to she her. She had the three
0: names, correct? But it's actually his name is Dr. Jean Han Hong. Jean Han Hong. Jean Han Hong. Jean Han Hong. So he That's is awesome, the uh, Hong Kong clipping that. Oh, excuse me. How he. he <laughs> I can't even get my words out now. He's a South Korean scientist. He holds a PhD and he is the managing director for RNL Bio Company LTD. So Morris interviews Gene Han Hong and he says, Do you ever feel like God? Well, this is Dr. Gene Han Hong's answer. Now, keep in mind, he's speaking in Korean here. Right. Uh, so they translate it. And he says, many people think that cloning is not ethical. Um, now, if Joyce was reading this, she'd say, many people think that cloning is not ethical. <laughs> no, she's <laughs> nice fucking Indian. So anyway, she he says, they make a mistake of thinking that we are creating life. We do not create life. Right. Only God creates life. So Joyce says, the plan was to take a little piece of tissue from Boger's tummy. Yeah. Put it in liquid nitrogen. For a safe trip back to Seoul, Korea. Seoul, Korea. They flew back with him, help with help from Homeland Security. Homeland Security guarding these little dog cells. Okay. Morris is like guarding Booger.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Okay.
0: <laughs> Joyce. <clears throat> well, to me, it was Spirit Booger. Okay. That's what I
1: called it. Spirit booger.
0: It was like an orb of light. Moved it's like
1: a. That's what happened. What I have like the morning after, you know, a <laughs> rager. It's like I got some spirit boogers. Wake me up in the morning. The power of Christ compels you. All right. She says it was like an
0: orb of light moved along the fl- fuselage of the plane. Mm-hmm. People say, "What is that?" Mm-hmm. But I knew it was soul spirit booger.
1: hmm It's great.
0: New band name: Soul Spirit soul, booger. Yeah,
1: Soul Spirit booger. <laughs>
0: So it says, I closed my eyes and I said a sign prayer. And I said, Oh, heavenly Father, please take good care of him. And it was like he spoke to my heart. And he said, Don't worry, he's with me, and he's fine. And you're gonna be fine too, because I got booger one, but I'm sending you back booger two.
1: She likes and she likes to like number her things. Just like George Foreman. Yes, yes, yes.
0: But yes. I'm not just sending you back booger two, I'm gonna send you something extra. <laughs>
1: Booker three, four, and five. Dr. Jean Han Hong. Says, oh, oh, no,
0: he's gonna send. <gasps> no, no, this is Dr. Jean Han Hong. Yeah, 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 no, no, okay. He says, We start with the skin cells. Okay, we use the living cell as the nucleus donor, and we use an egg with the nucleus removed. If you leave it alone, cell division does not start, so we give it an electric shock. Nice. Joyce says, I got this long distance call, and it's Dr. Hong. <laughs> she doesn't She again. got that right, though. I know, she but is she does Dr. It again. Hong. She says, What is best news I can bring you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) She does it again. Oh my God, dude. (laughs) And
0: I said, We're pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, We're pregnant. So I flew to South Korea. Well, I found out that this little extra something that the Heavenly Father had promised me there were five clone puppies, all exactly like Booger. Five mini Boogers Mm. lined up there like this little jelly (sighs) rolls with half the world press crowding around.
1: I'm glad your voice is getting tired soon.
0: They just look like little tiny mini-boogers. Okay. It was the strangest <laughs> feeling. The weirdest thing is, I was sitting in a hotel in South Korea, and one of them got up and
1: opened the door.
2: <laughs> so?
1: and it was four months old. And guess what it did? What did we do? I just,
2: <clears throat> I just it went to the fridge and got me a Seven Up. <laughs>
1: <coughs> oh my God, dude. I, I, didn't I didn't teach him to do that. He just knew because the booger knew. And
0: she goes, What do you call those little mini fridges with the wood on them? She can't figure out the word for mini bar.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: He says it jerked it open with his teeth, just like old booger used
1: to. Do. <laughs> Fucking.
0: And then one of them got the leash. And went over to the door and dropped it. Like, walk me now. just. Like,
1: fuckers. This is starting to feel like another Simpsons episode, dude. I don't know what to tell you, Hold man.
0: On. Hold on. And I said, those are his clones.
1: Yeah. Guess how much it cost her? For for the booger? Yeah. $10,000. $150,000. Ah, come on. This lady works for the CIA. This was 2010, dude. No, this is FBI. Was, this she worked. Earlier. She did something. She this was she, like... They used her to infiltrate. They used to take hookers. Remember, yeah. back in the day, they used to get MK hookers. Ultra. No, no, not even MK Ultra. They used to just get them to, like, you know, give them news on um, fucking whatever, um, uh, uh, ambassadors or whatever, like yeah, yeah, trying yeah. To blackmail them.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, JFK's girlfriend mm-hmm. well, like, that dur- worked for the mob.
1: Yeah, okay, but also Marilyn Monroe or whatever. Yeah. but also, like, you know, like during the time of like the Democratic National Commit of Convention or the Republican National Convention, like. They'll they'll get like these whores yeah and they'll have I don't you know I don't mean to uh, excuse me we'll just ladies of the night working girls working girls get them I and, think uh, the preferred <laughs> term now is yeah, sex a little, worker exactly pay them a little extra you're right I don't mean to be insensitive yeah um so you know I I mean I dude she escaped a mental in, she, she escaped a mental institution ran across a freeway she was
0: technically bailed out of the okay she was she on bail she the just absconded yeah like.
1: Some skills. Here's what I Here's core form. You don't even know about this stuff back then.
0: I was trying to figure out the whole movie, how she's supporting herself. And I assumed it was because she was living with her parents after she got back. Okay. Okay. Or she went back to hooking. We don't know. So let me move forward a little bit. Okay. Well, the press runs with this story too. So this is like now all happening in 2010. This was like well the doc but came out in 2010, so it was probably this. like 2008 or 2009 when she got Booger one, two, three, four, and five. Whoa, what's the point of Booger and everything? I'm so she, confused. She w- well, yeah, yeah. Here's think about it this way. Yeah, all she loved uh-huh. was Kirk. Kirk. And she Booger. can't have Kirk. Yeah. Okay. All she cares about are her animals. So I is she is trying bar- to fucking clone Kirk. Maybe she didn't have any DNA. Yeah. The point is this: there are a lot of people that give up on love and become attached to animals. I'm borderline that way
1: with my yeah. cats. You've seen me. Yeah, They're I'll like be, my children. Yeah, you damn have destroyed that border. Right. The point is
0: I'm not so far off deep that I'm like, I'm never dating anybody. No, no, I like, just prefer my work. Sure. That's what, you know, my, my passion. Mm-hmm. So... The point is it's very possible people can slide off into the dark end and just become recluses and just depend on, you know, pets mm-hmm. for companionship. Yes. Now would I ever clone my cats? Absolutely not. That's insane. Yes. Um so anyway, let's just keep going. The press figures out that this is Joyce that did this because at the time she used her middle name to do all this. But it made South Korean news, you know, yeah on TV and crap sure. it was a big deal. So
1: then these news reporters connect that it is nine thousand dollars hundred and fifty. I mean, it's like, you know, 20 to 30 grand each one. Each puppy. Well, I don't think, I don't think
0: that was the issue. I think it was 150, just a clone booger, yeah, but yeah. then there ended up being five <clears throat> extra boogers. Yeah. So anyway, Joy says, I thought if I use my middle name that I would be left alone in the press. Cause she says, I don't see any connection to all the, uh, 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 I don't see any connection between cloning puppies and a 32-year-old sex and change. Right. So it was 32 years after the fact. Yeah. So I would say that's 2009 probably, yep. if I'm asked correct. So, uh, but she says, you should have seen the way the Associated pl- uh, Press slandered me. And she says, in this doc, she says, in fact, if there's a turning listening to this and you want a libel case, you give me a call right now. Mm-hmm. So according to Peter, she claimed... I'll sue anybody who says that I'm Joyce McKinney. I'm not that Joyce McKinney. But eventually she had to admit that it was her. So Joyce says, I was afraid to have a love affair of any kind after Kirk. I was afraid to kiss a guy. So I just chose to be celibate. Yeah. And as Bridget Bardot once said, I gave my youth to men and my old age, I give to dogs that I trust. Mm-hmm. Dogs and children love me. Mm. They love Joyce McKinney because they sense of me in innocence. They sense in me a gentleness, and they don't read tabloid papers. They love me for me. Peter says, look, she's not an evil person. She's clearly a bit crazy, eccentric, self-obsessed, self-involved, and manipulative, and barking mad, basically. Yeah, so barking mad. I like what he did there. I don't even think he uh, intended to do it. Barking mad. Well, Joyce closes and says, you could tell yourself a million times God knows the truth. It would be nice if all you had to deal with every day was God, but you don't. You have to deal with people. I didn't plan on any of the tabloids destroying my life or the Mormons or the press or the wire services. That wasn't my plan. I really didn't have much choice other than to make some kind of move in my life. I promised God I was going to write a book, finally, no matter how much it hurt me. But someone broke into my pickup truck. I had an entire cab full of all my materials i had court cases court records i had all the interviews witnesses i had all these exhibits i had the original model and portfolio which matched the head that was put on the naked body my whole life was in those three suitcases this is an old pickup truck they pried the wing open with an orange screwdriver and they took coat hangers and they pulled the door open Took absolutely everything, documenting the story I just told you. Took everything with the exception of one little yellow laundry basket, which had somehow wedged under the seat. At least I had something to show that this nightmare ordeal happened to what was once a normal all-American kid. Uh, Morris decides to frame the story just as the way he opened it with this old 8 uh, millimeter footage of Joyce, happy and joyous and free, talking about her book. And Joyce says... After her miraculous escape to America, Joyce retreats into seclusion to write a book about her love story. She vows never to marry knowing fully that she could never love another man other than Kirk, or so she will grow old and alone. The love that once spanned an entire continent and ocean still exists. Time changes, but the scene is still the same. Joyce is now a lonely old woman. Like Narcissus, she is pining to death. Dying of a broken heart. That's the conclusion of my book. But the love has never ended.
1: Mm. And that's how the how film ends. How cute. And then of so course, it was just like a little summation on her yeah, love it's a, life. Yeah, it was a nice
0: framing because those were the vintage stories that she had on film.
1: And what was the year that the documentary came out? 2010. Okay. And then
0: there are some a couple things they put up on the screen for us to know. Um, Joyce McKinney is still working on her book. Scotland Yard never pursued her extradition. Mm-hmm. She still lives with her five Booger clones. Sweet. Booger Hong, Booger Ra, Booger Mac, Booger Park, and Booger Lee. <laughs> she for like I said, she formed mm-hmm. the dogs. Oh my god. Lee. Uh, booger is it, Lee.
1: Is it because of Yeah, obviously. Hong. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Chinaman well, Hong No, I mean
0: Booger Hong is for Dr. That's Jin like, Han
1: Hong. Um What a fucking crazy...
0: Remember her accomplice, KJ? Yeah. He died in 2004 of kidney failure. Mm -hmm. Steve Mokskowitz could not be (laughs) located anywhere. Ooh. Um, Now he's part of Mossad. Kirk Anderson lives in Utah and refused to be interviewed. Cool. Would you like to hear what the documentary did not cover? Tell me about it, baby.
1: Okay. What did they... uh, Well, from my source... Exclude.
0: This is from a Guardian article. Omit. 2011, and it was titled Joyce McKinney and the Battle of the Tabloids. Well, this says she converted to Mormonism in 1973. They didn't mention that. So she had already been a part of the Mormon church. She'd moved to Provo to study at the church, uh, BYU. That's Brigham Young University. Well, FBI, while she,
1: CIA, BYU. BYU.
0: <laughs> while in Utah. Brigham Young. She set about infiltrating the social circle around the Osmonds. Use the word what? Infiltrate. Yeah, do you know who, that, do you know Not who the, the do Osmonds, the Osmonds of course? Yeah. The squeaky clean family <clears throat> pop group that were the pride of the Mormon Church. They're by still th- doing <laughs> tours probably. Of course the, they are. Donnie and Marie. Donnie and Marie somewhere. Well, by various accounts, she fashioned a relationship of sorts with one of the brothers, Wayne Osmond. Okay. Um now,
1: a guy wrote What's a book- What's his fucking name? Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a brother named Wayne? Get the fuck out of here.
0: According to Anthony Delano, who wrote a book called Joyce McKinney and the Case of the Manacled Mormon, he noted that all of Osmond, the family's matriarch, was sufficiently concerned to take steps to keep McKinney away from her boys. Mm-hmm. There were also reports that when Wayne later announced his engagement to another woman, McKinney was devastated. Oh, So not long after the Osmond crisis, McKinney met Kirk Anderson, and the couple started dating. Okay.
1: So. um, Yeah. You know what's weird is how closely related like crazy fanatic and like CIA spooks can actually be.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, Well, she described, this is uh, McKinney, Kirk. Mm-hmm. as a combination of Clark Kent and Gary Cooper. Now, obviously, we, we know this guy was overweight and six years younger as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but according to McKinney, they had slept together. This is before they went there. She lost her virginity and overwhelmed by guilt. Anderson confessed his sinful behavior to Mormon elders who promptly put a stop to the affair. Anderson was moved out of Utah, dispatched abroad to England, um, and McKinney, uh, M- McKinney claimed the tryst had left, left her pregnant and that she had a miscarriage. Mm, Whoa. So appalled by the church's <clears throat> reaction, she turned her back on Mormonism, but not so, on Anderson. Yeah. 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 She now put, it's
1: making a lot mm-hmm. more sense.
0: Well, this is Morris's decision. I
1: think he really wanted to
0: focus just on her let her, let the audience be a fly on the wall.
1: Yeah. Whatever Rest she said. how fucking crazy she was.
0: Yeah. But. She pursued him across America, first to California, which explains why she ended up in California, and then to Oregon, um, where, in an effort to escape her attention, he lived under an assumed name. So mm-hmm. he knew she was already chasing, uh, he, that she was on onto him before yeah. he was in England. Yeah. So also, uh, when she went to sell her story for fifty thousand pounds, she promised to expose the Mormon Church and the Osmond family and took out an advertisement in Variety, sinking the attention of agents in film studios. Mm-hmm. So uh, just a, a, an update on what happened to Joyce afterwards. Okay, Remember the 84 incident in Salt Lake? Yep. Where she was uh, arrested for stalking him? Mm-hmm. Well, at the time of her apprehension, McKinney was found living in her vehicle oh. near the airport <clears throat> in Salt Lake. A search of the vehicle uncovered roadmaps, rope, Handcuffs and notebooks keeping detailed records of Anderson's routines. McKinney Weird. insisted that she had driven to the airport to book a flight, though it was later revealed that she had driven several thousand miles from her home in North Carolina. It was subsequently reported that McKinney had been accused of telling a 15 year old boy to break into a house in Tennessee so that he could buy a prosthetic leg for her horse. Hmm. Those events took place in 2004. She was charged with criminal conspiracy to commit aggravated bulger,
1: uh, uh, bur- bur- burglary. <laughs> aggravated bur- bur- burger. Bur- I can't even say it now. Booger. Buggery. Boogery.
0: Uh And contributing to the diddling of the minor.
1: Hmm. Buggery. Yeah, buggery. That's Bugger- what I was thinking Yeah, but buggery is. Yes, I was I thinking know. of the word booger. Yeah. But buggery, isn't that when you fuck a, yeah. an animal in the ass?
0: When you fuck anything in the ass, I thought mm-hmm. buggered. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she jumped bail again on that charge. Sluts. But wait, there's more. There's more. According to an, but article, there, wait,
1: she's a whore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but cor- this is according to the Salt Lake Tribune. This was published 2011 after the film com- came out. Mm-hmm. Joyce appeared at a screening of tabloid. Okay. Apparently, she looked warily at the photographer snapping her picture outside Broadway Center Cinemas and said, you're not with the Daily Mirror, are you? <clears throat> the ones who robbed my house in 78? Um, she'd come to the theater to refute parts of Errol Morris's documentary tabloid. Oh, uh, heckler, huh? Mm-hmm. During a Q&A session with a surprised audience that had just seen McKinley on screen, she defended her name, slammed the tabloid and mainstream reporter's who says wronged her, talked about a lawsuit against the film's producers, mm. condemned the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, and showed off her cloned pit bull, Booger Hong, which is Booger One. Right. McKinney uh, has dropped in announced on other screenings of tabloid across the country, including a QA session where Morris was at in New York. Uh, she visited New, uh, Salt Lake City because she said, "I wanted to see the Mormon reaction mm-hmm. when the once petite petite McKinney um, walked to the front of the Broadway auditorium." She asked the audience, "How many people in here think Joyce McKinney kidnapped and raped the 300-pound, six-foot-five Mormon missionary?" She counted five people who raised their hands, and then oh. quipped, "You're Mormons, huh?"
1: Ah. Uh... So didn't say morons.
0: No, McKinney claims the film's producers got her to be interviewed in the movie by misleading her, telling her that Morris was working on a TV series about victims of paparazzi. She said, "I had no idea they were going to do this trashy movie." She said, adding that her family has been traumatized by the film. Meanwhile, McKinney said Hollywood is interested in telling her story. Kirsten Dunst is running around all over Hollywood saying, I have to have this part. So ah. McKinney claimed, I'm more of a Katie Heigl type. Okay. She's an ex-Mormon fucking like bitch. me. Yeah. If Hollywood tells her story, McKinney said, I hope this time around, it's a love story. Well, but wait.
1: There's more. Of course fucking there's fucking more, Kristen buddy. the Virgin Suicides. This uh,
0: that's a great film. Mm-hmm. This is uh, from especially Jane, when they die. At this the end. is yeah, this is from January 15, 2016, and the headline uh, via the Guardian reads: "Madam Mayhem Joyce McKinney, who kidnapped a Mormon missionary as a sex slave, sues Oscar-winning documentary filmmaker for portraying her as a prostitute." Mm. So now 66. Um, she claims Morris and the producers of tabloid tricked her into giving her an interview believing it was to clear her name but which only made her look even crazier. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs any help making this woman look like nope. crazier. According, Pretty to, easy. according to Hollywood Reporter, Joyce claimed they offered me uh, about 65,000 to settle and I told them to kiss my butt. Oh. They made millions off me. I'm going to take it to the uh, all the way to the end. I want my day in court. McKinney is suing for breach of contract, fraud, and the infliction of emotional distress. Partially blind, she claims that the filmmakers broke into her home and stole photos and footage. She also claims they forced her to sign release papers, threatening to kill her guide dog if she refused. Her case is based <laughs> John Wick shit. around the argument that tabloid portrayed her as a prostitute. Mm-hmm. The defendants also told the Hollywood, Hollywood Reporter that McKinney cannot demonstrate she was damaged. The evidence will show that the plaintiff willingly, in fact, eagerly participated in the lengthy, lengthy interview, which is featured in the film. Uh, McKinney will appear in court in L.A. when the case is next heard uh, on February 29th. Now, during the kidnapping, she also claimed, eventually, after promising to marry her and having his change loosened, Anderson managed to escape and went to the police. He told them that during his ordeal, McKinney said she would ravage him until she was sure she was pregnant.
1: Hmm. Um,
0: again, sounds like rape. Yeah. McKinney also claimed the police had been corrupt cops to pay off the Mormons.
1: Uh, now I see that happening. Uh,
0: according to just some general biographical information, she's currently uh, using a wheelchair for mobility. Okay. Um, she had one point lived in Newland in the western North Carolina mountains. More recently, yeah. she has lived as a homeless person in the San Fernando Valley <laughs> wow. in Los Angeles. Okay. But wait, yeah, there's more. Okay. In July 2019, the LAPD Valley Traffic Division Named McKinney as the person involved in a fatal hit and run huh. that took the life of ninety year old ninety one year old Janotti Belotsky. It's okay. He was a, no. He was a Holocaust survivor.
1: What? Yes. And this bitch took yes. him out yes. in the car. Yes. A, an eighty something year old killing a ninety something year old. Yep. Uh. He was a widower who had been walking his dog. Uh,
0: when he was struck by the 2006 white GMC truck that police said McKinney was driving. (sighs) McKinney did not stop and render aid as required by law. Um, So then uh, the incident was uh, captured. Did the dog survive? The dog did survive. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. Uh, It was captured on surveillance video, and they were able to identify uh, the homeless woman who had been subject of frequent police reports. Mm-hmm. So she's like living in a car, homeless. Mm-hmm. <sighs> on Jun- on the twenty first of <sighs> June, twenty nineteen, investigators followed a lead that the suspect vehicle was parked in the city of Burbank near the Burbank Airport. Investigators located McKinney, who appeared to be living in the vehicle along with her three dogs. In her fucking airports, but there's only three dogs now. Okay, so that means we're down a couple books. Yeah, yeah. Um. During the investigation, detectives learned that McKinney had outstanding warrants for battery, public nuisance from an unrelated investigation. McKinney was taken into custody for pre existing warrants and booked into Valley Jail Division in Van Nuys. McKinney's vehicle was impounded by investigators and processed for evidence related to the fatal collision. On July 1st, 2019, the VTD presented their case to the LA County District Attorney and charged McKinney with assault with a deadly weapon other than a firearm, hit and run with injury and vehicular manslaughter. A sentencing enhancement was proposed due to the person being over the age of 70. Okay, McKinney remained in custody on the previous warrants under a combined bail of 137000 uh If convicted, she faces up to a maximum of 11 years in state prison. Mm-hmm. McKinney was ordered to a psych eval uh and was sent to the L.A. Court Division for Mentally Incompetent Defendants. McKinney was taken to the Metropolitan State Hospital in February 2020. A judge in Van Nuys ruled once again she was not competent. Her next hearing was scheduled for August 2020. Um, In 2011, she admitted uh, to going to a handful of those screenings in disguise, only to jump out at the cinema at the very end of the film and scream, I'm Joyce McKinney. Cool. Yeah, as for Kirk, um, he's now a real estate agent, um, uh, possibly living in Orem, Utah. And there's one final bit of information. This is recent. Okay. May 9, 2022. Ooh. They're making the movie.
1: Nice. With Kirsten? Nope. Oh. Game it? of Thrones star
0: Maisie Williams Ooh. and the good doctors Freddie Highmore. Uh, they're going to star into comedy. Called Sinner versus Saints. Okay. Mm -hmm. The film will begin shooting in the first quarter of 2023 in the US.
1: So I have a feeling that it's going to be nothing like the actual story.
0: Yeah, I don't think you can get dark with this. You've got to keep it lighthearted and fun. Um, It's interesting, though. I wonder what they'll do with her movie rights because from what I found, and I can only track her up till 2020, I don't know where she is. Mm -hmm. She's, according to,
1: to she's fucking. She's in. some fucking Riverside somewhere. She's probably. Yeah,
0: no, I think she's locked up. Oh, under care. Probably. But I wonder how that works because you know you got to pay somebody for their life rights, so I wonder if that money would go to her estate if she passed away, or if it just goes to her. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Interesting. I don't really, I don't really
1: know how the laws around like like um, forced health care kind of, like when you're deemed crazy and can't be in prison and you're just on your own, you State's have nobody. state to take care of you. State takes care of you. Yeah. That money is probably yours. I don't know how much like.
0: Yeah. But I, I mean, who knows? Maybe she's got family. She can, you know, will yeah. it to if she receives anything Because
1: yeah. she should receive some money yeah.
0: because she lived this crazy ass life. Yeah. You yeah. know, the rights to. Yeah. Um,
1: so what do you think? Well, what do um, you think about the doc? I loved it. The doc itself. I loved it. Great. I hope I did it
0: justice. I mean, there's I mean, a lot of you, characters. A lot of high pitch. Yeah. Was I very... mean, you could tell I, I lost my voice at the end. Um, the character, I mean, here's the thing. It's literally her talking to Earl for most of the movie. Right. And then you occasionally have Peter come in, Kent, Troy. But it's mainly just a long conversation with her. Um, I know that Morris got a little flack for saying it was exploitive. I don't think it is. Okay. Um It's a must-watch, in my opinion. She got
1: paid for this, didn't she? I would assume she did.
0: I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, They did say she agreed willingly to sit down for a lengthy interview. Um, But, you know, it's a four-star documentary for me. It's a lot of fun. It's a quick 90 minutes. I I mean, fuck, we went way over that just talking about it, having so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would highly recommend it. Um, So for those of you that made it through this uh, lengthy podcast, I hope it was worth the wait. Uh, to get to the climax. And of course, we always need your help. And that help
1: out is what, Dave? Five-star review on either Apple iTunes or Spotify. And if you don't have that? Um, leave us a message on Twitter, or Instagram, DM us, yeah. tell us you love us or tell us you hate us. Who cares? Yeah.
0: Or, and if you need to email us, we're down at the docs at gmail.com. We are grateful for everything you do to help uh, keep us going. Um, so share the love and uh, we look forward to spending uh, a happy 2023 with you. And as always, we need your recommendations. It is not easy to find the perfect doc to cover. I go, I, I would say that through every 10 that I find, I'll choose to do it yeah. Um, because we want to keep the show light. We want the funner stuff. I mean, sure, we'll do a murder here every now and then, and we'll get dark, but I would prefer to keep it lighter for the most part. So if you have the perfect documentary, find it, find us and let us know about it. You can also join the discord, which is in our link tree bio, mm-hmm. which is accessible on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, having said that, I think that's a wrap and we can't wait to see you next week. Uh, that's down on the docks episode 22. (laughs)